Welcome to episode 305 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. And I bet you'd never thought you'd see us again, but we're still here. We're hanging on by the skin of our teeth. We're going to do a show every now and again. That's our, that's our motto. That's our commitment to you, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every now and again. <laughs> all right. Hey, so how are you doing, Mr. Mr. Roberts? I'm doing all right. It's nice, uh, beautiful spring day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, feeling like uh, it's almost summer. It's feeling like... That is super hot out there. If that's almost summer. What the hell's summer? Yeah, but I mean, it feels like it's time to take a break. <laughs> time to slow things down. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Um, yeah, I've just been going a million miles an hour over the past, I don't know, two months. Mm-hmm. And ever since, actually, ever since spring break, it's just been like a full sprint. Yeah, so Sandy's, Sandy's been talking about how she wants to get out of here, you know, mm-hmm. and just like the, the day the kids get out of school. So we're going to go down to Palm Springs for like huh. three days, uh, three days of nothing. <laughs> like, I, I guess just, you know, they have like a water park. and What is whatever. Palm Springs famous for? It's Is it like the... I mean, I think it's it's like a, it's like in the desert kind of, but I think it's the kind of place you go in the winter time when it's cold here. You know, it's coldish here. You know, it's right. it's really. I mean, I, I think the summertime is not the high season for Palm Springs because it's it's pretty damn hot. But a water park would be pretty nice. Yeah, they got like a they got a water park there, and they got a lot of pools and, and water slides and stuff at the hotel. So we're just gonna mm. go hang out, which which I need to do. Sandy's like, well, what are you gonna bring to read? And I'm like, wow. She's like, it better be fiction. <laughs> she she's, like, she's, like, she's like, you need to just stop. Yeah. And just stop thinking st- about stuff. Just stop, you know, just focus on just relaxing. So anyway, looking forward to that. That's on Thursday of next week. So Nice. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, I'm heading, off to, I'm heading off to Denver for a couple of days tomorrow. Oh, yeah. For uh, modern, uh, modern teacher, teacher stuff. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. That's cool, and we are we we have the idea of doing a weekend in uh, San Diego sometime soon. We've never been no up big there. no big summer trips. We've never been up there. Is it an up to Denver? No, to San Diego. Oh, to San Diego's down right <sighs> south. Whatever you think it is, just do uh, one eighty. Do the opposite. Oh man. Oh well. So um, so you want to talk about? The- I would really like to talk about Solve two thousand seventeen Math Academy incredible event that I went to and um, I, I was gobsmacked. I did some, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you call that hosting. What do you call that? Like comment, commenting? Yeah, well, you and, so you and Phil were the commentator. You were supposed to be commentating, commentating that's on, it, right. the, on the event. I mean, they had an audio booth. Because you, you were yeah. hosting, I guess. You were, you were down there. I was sort of the MC. To the, to the hundreds of people in the house. Yeah, I was affected. I was the, the MC, MC at least part of the time. Yeah, I mean, I was. We can explain why it wasn't the whole time, but you guys were up in the in the in the audio booth doing the. Okay, wait, wait, back up, back up. What is Solve 2017? So Solve Solve is our end of year math academy competition. So yeah. we have we're in four schools, and it was getting the kids from all the different schools and all the different grades competing against each other. Uh, uh, you know, the sixth graders against the sixth graders, seventh graders, seventh graders, et cetera. Something like a spelling bee, but for math. Yeah, yeah, but w- w- the, and so I'd kind of come up with the idea, it was in the fall, sometime around October, and I was thinking, you know, we really gotta do something, you know, big, a, a way of sort of showing off what the kids have learned and what the kids mm. can do. I mean, for a variety of reasons, I mean, one, one, you want the kids to be able to sh- be able to show off, right? I mean, they yeah. they learned a lot, you know, and I think it's important that they get some recognition 
had some positive feedback, not just from their parents, but from, you know, the community, the school district, you know, you know people in the field, that kind of thing. Um, but it was also, I think, important to show the parents, like, really mm. what their kids were able to do, because I don't think a lot of parents quite got it. You know, they some did, some didn't, but um, I, I thought put, get, putting in the right context, they, they would really, I think, be blown away. Um, I think it was important for the school district and all the people who are supporting us, the foundations and nonprofits and, uh, you know, just other sort of individuals who are, who have been kind of cheerleading us. I think it was important to like bring them all together and like, let, come see it. Come see. These it's kids a, yeah. Action. It's like a beacon. It's a very clear, you know, token of what the hell you guys have been doing and how much of an effect it's having. Yeah. Cause I run around waving my arms. Like, oh, you know, we're doing this advanced math and we're doing this and we're doing that, you know? And it's like, it's a lot of people, you know, I think, I don't think people, it's not like people don't believe me, but it's just kind of hard to really understand. They don't realize quite how deep it goes. They just, they, they see the surface. But I mean, I, I was gobsmacked by what those kids were doing. Oh, thanks. So like I, there was, there was one specific thing that just, I was gobsmacked by. It was, I mean, I'm not, obviously not very mathematical, you know, yeah. so I don't understand this stuff. But anyway, the question was just like, two brackets and maybe three numbers. Yeah. And the answer was this unpacked like 14 digit term, like, oh, 14 like, term thing. Yeah. yeah, like with with like, you know, the little ticks and the little pluses and minuses like for <laughs> it looked like something straight out of that mo- that show numbers or something. Yeah. And like yeah. how are these like 7th 6th grade kids turning those three numbers into this huge big theorem? And are, are you, I think you're probably thinking of Clara the one that she did. Oh, yeah. Claire, the sixth grader. That's the one everyone else just gave up, and then she just took the entire board. It was crazy. And it was just... And it was like... I, I th- and, and, and myself and Phil, as we were commenting, we were going, yeah, she's really she's really working this out. She was she's going even, super fast. She's even she riding did. on top of her her partner's space next to her. Her partner just backed away. Yeah. She's like, I'm out of here. So Claire and was just... We were, and I was like... Well, she's obviously just got a touch of, a touch of the craziness, and that isn't what the answer's going to be. And then, you know... There comes the answer, and it is this huge, long thing. I'm yeah, like, what she, the hell? She, that is well, crazy. Clara is a force of nature. She's. What do you call that? Like that? What? What is? Well, that was a um, binomial expansion. So it was like, but it was a tricky one. It was like, uh, you know, I don't know, like two z minus one fourth to the fifth power or something like that and so how do you multiply that whole thing out and you use the binomial theorem or pascal's triangle and you have all these terms and you got to get all these powers and but the thing is you had to do it in two minutes yeah so that's something that we kept on mentioning um as we were as we were kind of commenting uh, was just like the it's not just that you're doing these incredibly difficult mathematical equations it's that you're doing it in two minutes and there's a couple of hundred people watching you. <laughs> yeah. So so let me sort of frame it so people understand. So what we did is we um, planned this competition, a one-day competition uh, at, to be held at Caltech in a 300-person auditorium. Um, and it started at 8 a.m. And, and finished about 5. And it was kind of like maybe like a track meet or something in the sense that there were multiple events – and there were, you know, in each grade or each division competed against itself. So sixth graders against sixth graders and fifth graders against fifth graders, that kind of thing. But, and then there was the individual competition and there was a team competition, which essentially doubles. So like a tennis, think of it like a tennis tournament, you know, you got your singles and doubles. Yeah. So it gave the kids two opportunities, two bites of the apple because, you know, 
if you if you lost out in an early round in the singles or in the individual, you're done for the day. Mm-hmm. It's nice to say, well, in a few hours, come back, and my buddy and I are are going to go and you know and, and do the doubles or the team. Well, not to mention the fact that the doubles that's where all the real fun started. Yeah. Well, yeah. so we'll look back. I think, and so, but the other thing is the we did it in like heats, so like qualifying rounds. So there were like three heats of qualifying. So you have like eight kids at a time, you know, just like an attract meet, you know. And so the top two from each heat, two top two from each eight would advance automatically, and then the next two overall overall highest scores would advance would complete two. So you'd have two semifinals of four, right? And then the top two from each of them go into the finals. And so it was really stressful, right? It was intense, mm-hmm. and and then the same thing started over with the doubles, right? You had your multiple qualifying rounds and semifinals and finals. And it just went, oh, it just was round after round. It just, you know, and so it'd be like fifth grade qualifying rounds, heat one, two, three, sixth grade qualifying round, heat one, heat two, heat three, seventh grade, one, two. And then it was like semifinals and then doubles qualifying. So it was just, you know, and we had to move because we had to get through all this stuff, right? And the problems... We give the kids in between 90 seconds and three minutes, depending on which round it was and which grade they were. So, like, the finals round, the individual finals round for, like, calculus, for seventh grade doing calculus, you know, we needed to give them three minutes because they were really tricky and long mm-hmm. problems. Whereas, like, I think with the qualifying rounds for fifth and sixth grade, we left it was 90 seconds. But, um, you know, it was really interesting. So, when it started out, okay. Let's back up here. I, I was going to say, let, 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 me say, let me say something. Okay. Let's back up to the fact that this, this event, like just from a, from a logistical point of view, this event was a truly bootstrapped event. I walked in at seven in the morning. There was Jason who had not slept the entire night. He was still writing questions. Uh, still writing questions for uh. the event. But not only that, like, he's like, you know, do you have a, do you have a computer? Because we, we, we need a, a spare computer because... Sandy's going to have to spend the rest of the day writing the rest of the questions while we use... Well, I was writing the questions that <laughs> she needed to move them on to PowerPoint right. presentations, and we needed her... her to have, she needed to have her computer, I needed to have my computer, and we need a third one to show the... To, to power, do the... To, the yeah, co- so, to project so, the presentations up onto the... Because the when, when, you, when you had asked me, um, you know, you said, hey, will you do the, will you do the, you know, the, the commentary with Phil for this? I was like, yeah, as long as I don't have to like, handle the slides or anything like that. <laughs> the first thing you told me when I walked in is, you're doing the slides. <laughs> yeah, that was a, well, that was a total, there was a couple screw-ups. One was my screw-up. My screw-up was I was under the delusion that I could do the problems or friend and I could do the problems in the last couple of days. Right, yeah. When you actually went through, I think we had to create 135 problems and worked with worked out solutions mm-hmm. that's a lot of problems and, and even though i was taking most of them from the system you know from the, i have our database of problems it was still getting them all moved over and correctly formatted and then and then kind of making sure they were all balanced and that we had the right frequency of geometry versus trigonometry versus out you know all those kinds of things right yeah and then then sandy had to take those and screenshot them and size them and put them on you know powerpoint i mean it was a nightmare it was incredibly incredibly time consuming and i and really and in fact i left most of it until the night before because i kept having to spend so many days working with the kids to prepare them yeah and we had all this other stuff going on and then on top of that and another thing we can talk about is the kids have the ap calculus test the previous tuesday 
So we were weekends, the days where we were training for, preparing for that AP Calc exam. So then it was like suddenly, you know, Wednesday. So I had like two or three days. And then the sixth graders were like, we want to train after school and practice, you know, because they were really nervous <laughs> about it. So then I'm working with them until five or six o'clock at night. And then it was like, it was like, it just didn't have any time. You know, and I should have, and in, in retrospect, clearly, I should have been building up these problems and, and actually getting them on slides like weeks before. So the other thing is we went, I went with Jason, I guess, three days before the event to check out the place and they showed us around and they showed us how this, all the tech system works. It's a worked. beautiful auditorium, yeah, right? It's, it's really, really nice. And it's got a really great system that like, you know, you plug in your laptop down at the podium and it show it shows on the screen or whatever. Anyway, we, we turned up at seven in the morning on that day and it didn't work. So again, <laughs> that had to be, you see, the knock-on effect of me not having the problems ready, here's all the things that happened. One, I did not go to bed. I was staying here working furiously all night long. I think at like 2.30, Sandy said, right, I'm going to go to sleep now and then I'll wake up at, you know, five or something. And... I was like, all right, well, I'm going to try and work until like four or something, or three. I think I'm going to try and work till three, and then I'll go to sleep. She she gets in here. She comes in the office at like five, and I'm just furious working. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm working on the problems. And she's like, oh, my God, you know. And so she, then she goes. She's like, well, I'm going to go take a shower and get ready. So she gets ready. Then she goes in the office. You know, it's still dark out, right? And we're... We're trying to take inventory, and I still have a ton to do, right? I feel like I'm, like, half done. And you're going to host it. You're, you're hosting it after a night with no sleep writing problems. And it got to, like, 5, and I told Sandy, I was like, you know, I think, because actually, you know, I think Sandy went to bed at, like, one thirty and woke up at 4. And then I said, all right, I'm going to go to sleep at 5. And Sandy goes, how are you going to do that? And I was like, you're right. So I just worked furiously until, like, a little before six and I was like, all right, I'm going to go take a shower. So I just went and took a shower, brushed my teeth, got dressed again. And that was my sleep. Is like, well, that know, was all I did. To give Jason his credit. Um, I mean, think about what he's doing there. He's, he's doing calculations at, like he's, he's posing questions and working out the answer. And you know what? Most of them were right. But they, but the funny thing was there was a few times when the kids were like, that's not it. That's not the right answer. <laughs> yeah. My answer is the right answer. That's not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it happened a few times. There was a few mistakes. There was a couple of repeated questions, and there were a couple of mistakes, um, which would have been caught had I not obviously left right. you know, done all this. through the night. But yeah. one of the knock-on effects of this were a, Sandy and I had to finish. I had to finish getting the questions and the solutions done, and then I had, and Sandy had to transfer them to the PowerPoint slide. So she was doing that. We were doing that almost the entire day. So I would come down, I would host a few rounds, and then I'd, I'd have to, I'd hand the mic to somebody, I'd hit to Hren, and I'd say, all right, you, you got to do this. And I would run off and try and find a quiet place and try and do a bunch of stuff. Well, and the so, reason So the thing is that she couldn't, so she, she should have been the one sort of making sure everything was running. Cleanly. Doing the slides. And I stuff, should have yeah. been emceeing the whole thing. And she, she, well, not the slides, she would just been like doing playing cleanup, running, anything that needed to happen, yeah. she started cleaning up. But we were kind of completely taken out of the picture. Yeah, and one of the reasons why it had to be done that way, why Jason and Sandy had to do that, was because it was very specific the way that the slides were set up. Like they 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 projected into like a specific corner of the board so that you could see the slides, but the kids would still also have well, yeah, space be up to do and writing. high and in the center and split on both sides. Yeah, so because a big room is a big or four boards, so it was really wide. So there was two. Every every question was shown twice on 
on the one to the left two, side and one to the right. Yeah, so they were, yeah. yeah. So she had it's set up kind a of, template. You have to be there to see it. But yeah. yeah. Well, see, okay. The other knock on effect of this is that because she and I had to be working on these questions a day, we couldn't use her computer, which is what we did the technical walkthrough on. And then when we connected your Mac, I'm thinking it must have been, that's the only no, thing that was no, different. No, no, no. It was, no, we tried with her computer and it didn't oh, really? work. Yeah. We tried with her computer. Oh, okay. So that wasn't that it, it, it was, as I had feared, I said to the guy, I said, is there anyone going to be using this setup between now and when we do it? And he's like, yeah, probably every day. There's going to be two more people using it. And oh, I know geez. in those scenarios, it's like they... Somebody changed a setting. Somebody changed a setting somewhere and then it doesn't work. So, you know, the whole thing's about to start and like Sandy was getting a bit stressed about it. And then we realized, you know what? We could just like plug the computer directly in to the projector because it, because they have this like really complicated system where everything's kind of managed through this like screen touch screen dashboard thing. Yeah, yeah. So we just bypassed that whole thing and just said, look, let's just plug the computer directly into the projector, and then you just like raise your arm when you want the next slide. Right. That's why I look at you guys and I go, all right, next. <laughs> so we had to, you know, we went old school, but like at least we got it worked. It. Yeah. Well, you know, finally we got started about forty minutes late because of that, and luckily the parent, everybody was good natured about it, you know, and. Um, so it was funny, like the first, the, the four, fifth graders came out and they were really nervous. And they were- and they, was, they were starters, right? They were the, the ones who started, right? Yeah. And they were a little shaky, you yeah. know, a little nervous. And, you know, I mean, they, they were able to, most of them were able to do some of the problems, not all the problems. And it was a little shaky. I think part of it was just nerves and being so young. Um, and it was, it was still impressive, you know, and we had our judges were all mathematicians and physicists and astrophysicists. I got a, <laughs> I got a- collection of like 12 of them and you know we had them in the program and i remember one of the parents looked at me she's like where did you find these people it's like murderers row you know you, you know what murderers row is no. it was the batting lineup from like the 19 i don't know it was like oh 1917 yankees or oh, something right, like okay. all these like some of the hall of fame and, yeah, yeah exactly and so they call it murderers row like it was six in a row of like some of the best hitters of all time and they're just <laughs> like it doesn't matter what you throw at them so yeah he was just like you know because it was like guys from harvard and Caltech and Stanford and JPL and I mean they were all just unbelievably um, impressive people and they were going to be our judges and we had them as a rotating panel of three so we'd get we'd get three of them come in and they would serve uh, they would be a panel for like an hour and a half two hours and then the next three would come in so they're sitting there and they're just like shocked right because they see these little kids <laughs> who could barely old enough to tie their shoes are solving algebra problems right I mean. In fact, there was there was a couple of times where the question when the question was wrong that or, or that they or that the kids did something different that the kids were calculating these things faster than the judges. Yeah, like because yeah. <laughs> the judge the judges had to work it out, but they they were like trying to work it out, and the kid was saying, "No, no, you you'd like carry the one, do the four, do the five, and the judges were going, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's right." It was it was funny. The kids were so fast. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. So that so that it was a little shaky start because we're trying. The judges were trying to figure out how to do the scoring, and and we were trying to figure out just get the flow of the whole thing. Because the there was done. partial credit. No, there's no partial credit. There was no no. It was just oh you, you by speed. So it was your your you, the order that you finished that would give you that was a tiebreaker, right? So oh tiebreaker. Okay, so, so you like, have to get it right for a so tiebreaker. we would add up your finish one two three four five six seven eight whatever and then your whoever the lowest lowest finish totals that would be a tiebreaker if you end up having the same number of points and your points where you get one point for problem correct right right so um so yeah so they had to do that and they had to make double check all the kids 
did the right stuff and they put a box around their answer and all these kinds of things. So when they took it for the judges took it very seriously, which yeah. was great, which, which, which is just what we wanted. I wanted really elite judges to, to sort of bring a, le, a, a certain level of gravity to the whole thing. But, and also to show these kids that this stuff matters. Like this is important. If it was just like Karen and I up there like, Oh, I think it's right. Or that's not, it just yeah. is not the sort of objective uh, criteria, objective judging that I thought we needed. And plus having three of them, then it took us up as being like the bad guy of like, well, you told it, mine was actually right. And his mm -hmm. was, you know, and, and, um, but it was funny. The judges were just amazed at the fifth graders and, you know, the parents are trying to clap and get excited to the fifth graders. And then I'm like, all right, now you're ready to see something. And the sixth graders come out <laughs> and I'm like, you know, wait till you get a load of Clara, you know, cause Clara is like the LeBron James of the six. She is unbelievable. And so the sixth graders come out and I think she was in the first heat and in her heat, I, I mistakenly, one of the same problems I had by doing this all night is I didn't calibrate the problems. So sometimes I did too many hard problems in one round or too early of a round. And so her round, all the problems were hard. She got every single one correct and everyone else in her heat missed every single one. Do you remember that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just like... But, but what was so sweet was she was helping her friend. Like, so every, so, so the, the thing would be judged, everything would be around. And then she'd bring her friend up to the, the board and she'd say, oh. hey, hey, come here, come here. Oh, okay, uh, it was this and this and this and this and this. She'd say this, that's oh, after the Oh, yeah, after the after judging. It, yeah, 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 after yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, no, she was, was really great. cute. I mean, she's... These kids are just great. And she's just... You know, so she's amazing. Which is funny because people were talking. I remember Haran was telling me, like, the kids at Washington were worried about Sierra Madre. And I'm like, they don't need to worry about Sierra Madre. They need to worry about Clara. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he, that's who you need to be thinking about. <laughs> and um, so, and sure enough, she just uh, just demolished. And then, um, and then. But she that, didn't win the whole thing, though. No. Well, what happened is. Because it was the. the semifinal was... round of the individuals. Apparently, she went to the restroom right before heat. And then she came out and, and like she was late. And she was all, and she gets herself kind of really amped up. And she's like, oh my God, I'm late. Da, da, da. And she got so in her head, she couldn't calm down. And then she like missed one, shockingly. And then she just couldn't get in her head. And she Is she calm in down. the same year grade as George? No, she's a year younger. Yeah. So then, so then every, after people saw, saw the sixth graders, which were just uh, way more advanced than the fifth graders, and you saw Clara, you were just like, oh my God, this yeah. is unbelievable. And then I was like, all right, now you're really ready to see something. <laughs> <laughs> now you bring out the seventh graders. And they were funny. They was like all stars coming up because they were all like had personality. They, they were relaxed. So, they were so relaxed. They were just joking around the whole time. And we we were commenting on that. Like so so you know the fifth graders. We were like, okay, these these guys are just you know getting into it. The sixth graders, they're so serious. They're really taking it serious. The seventh graders, oh my god, these guys. It's like watching guys in a skate park or something. Well, you know what's funny? It was like <laughs> when you see like professional athletes, people at the top of their game, they're winning and they're kind of. They don't look stressed out. They're having fun. They're right. joking around. Like, how can they be joking around and still be winning? Like, they're just kind of, and that's what they were like. And it was funny because, you know, because then we put up these really hard, I mean, I started off with a, a tricky differential equation, right? Right there. It was like, problem number one is going to be a differential equation. And then it was like all these hard integrals. And the judges are just like, what is happening? Like what? I mean, the parents are like long. I mean, they were lost at the sixth grade math. But when the seventh grade yeah. started in calculus, the parents are like, "What the hell?" And then the judges, who didn't really, in the most part, really understand what the event was completely, 
<laughs> I mean, that's one thing you say, well, they just kids do advanced math and this and that. But then when you see kids in seventh grade and you realize, oh, these aren't like 10th graders. These are seventh graders. These kids are 12 and 13 years old. They're still little kids. And when you see them, I mean, they haven't hit puberty yet, really. Right. And so you're just like, and these kids are just solving these really hard integrals and differential equations at lightning speed. And the judges were just, like you said, gobsmacked. They were just like, <laughs> what? You know, and it was so funny. Um, you know, because you they just like George in particular won the crowd over. Oh my God, he did. So he, George is George is like this. He's pretty small Mexican kid. What do we call? What do we call it? The moment of George? No, what was it? The oh well, Sandy went up to him after he had won, like one of the rounds or something, semifinals. And she's like, George, you are right now. You are peak George. Peak George. He's that's like, it. I am peak George. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I am peak, peak George. George. <laughs> Like he, no, he, there was a few times where I mean, well, first of all, when he'd get it right, he was really like he almost had like a signature dance. He's like kind of like you know like a go George, go George. Yeah, he's like kinda, snapping his fingers. He's kind of like, like he snaps his fingers and kind of <laughs> shifting back and forth and smiling. Like he couldn't hold in all his enthusiasm, which just won the crowd over, you know. And then of course he got one wrong, and then he's arguing with the judges. He's like, no, no, because it was like this tricky integration. Oh, and by- he was like, he was like, you know when you know when soccer, soccer players like fall over and they're like, but they got their heads in their hands. They're like, no! yeah, yeah. Oh, and he missed it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like that. But it was funny though because he was arguing with the judges. He's like, no, no, because it was this tricky integration by parts and he's like no no this this and he's like oh right like he figured like i feel what i did yeah. wrong you know but it was funny because you know the people are wondering like maybe george is right <laughs> yeah we we were thinking that um i was thinking that but uh so it was it was it was super fun to see the the seventh graders just do that and and one of the side effects of having the seventh graders be able to show off the seventh graders like that the the next day the, the following the first monday which was the next school day after that her and i neither of us could teach our sixth grade or fifth grade classes because they wouldn't stop asking us about calculus what is this signing what does that big s mean what's a dx or what's a <laughs> different what's a lot like they were just fascinated by this really esoteric looking math mm. it looks so cool to them so now they're all super excited about what do we get to learn calculus what do we get to learn calculus <laughs> you know what's awesome. a, what do we get to learn a lot you know and the fifth graders like what do we get to learn trigger what's a theta or what's a secant or what's a thing and so it got those kids really motivated about what they're going to get to do in the future that's awesome. which is neat so what was funny though is so the individual round of course was really exciting you know it was intense but then when we and then we went to the semifinals, and it was just a lot of pressure and the kids are just really you know they're serious and then it's exciting but it's just it's pressure just you know but then when it got to the team i felt like it, it, it relaxed a lot did you feel that way Oh yeah, that uh, like that was the highlight of the day. Like, the team's people, competition. Yeah, because it was very social. It turned the whole thing into a social event. You know, is it the kids are like hugging and high yeah. fives and dancing and and they're joking and they're and and they're like no 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 it's it's like this like, you know like yeah <laughs> one kid's rubbing the other kid's stuff out and you know he's like adding different equations and it it really looked a lot of fun like yeah I thought I thought it was important. I thought it was important to have individual because I, I wanted to have that level of intensity, but I, I know the kids love to work together. They loved, they love to compete, but they like to collaborate in teams. And, and I had the sense that if they could compete, but they had the, if they had the added sort of comfort of, of a friend up there with them, it would make it that less, 
But isn't intense. that like how you how it works in the classroom? You know, you were telling us in a few episodes ago that uh, these kids are up on the board, up at the board, and that's kind of like a de facto way of learning. And I guess they're doing that team type work there. Yeah, they do it all the time. Sometimes they have them do it individual, work individually. Sometimes I, I, I like them, you know, work together. It just kind of depends on, you know, if they work together too much, then sometimes some kids can start coattailing a little bit. You know, that, you mm. know what that term is? They yeah. just let their teammate do all the hard work. And you're like, wait a minute, do you really not just do this? Or are you just mm-hmm. kind of along for the ride? So you can't do too much of it. Sometimes you'll be like, all right, we're flying solo. You know, okay, you can do teams. You know, or also, all right, you, you can do it together, but you have to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because I want to make sure nobody's, you know, like I said, getting a free pass. Um, but the, uh, yeah, so they, that, that went really well. And then then it went, when it went to the um, later in the day, and it got to all the, the finals rounds. It was like, it was kind of funny. It was almost like towards like an end of a movie. Mm-hmm. Like a really kind of, I don't know, like, you, you know, people are, I don't know. It just, it kind of, everything coalesced and everybody's watching and it's getting to later rounds. And we staggered everything so that most people would be around for most of it. Like, I didn't want to do, I oh, would do the fifth grade in the morning and the sixth grade. Like, I want everybody there, you know, because yeah. we did the award ceremony at the end. So you, you, you know, because I want these people to see the, you know, the, the, the finalists compete, right? I mean, you want to see the best kids go head to head. Yeah, yeah. And what's really funny is the last two proms of the seventh grade, um, the... They were repeats, so you they guys were had repeats, to make them up. So I had to make them up the fly, and I'm like, uh, her, I'm like her, and Haran's like, do you want to make them up? I'm like, Haran, you're the math petition. She's like, what? You know, and I'm like... <laughs> He's like, you are too. I'm like, not like you are. <laughs> like, like, you just, he's like, you do math. You're a math fish. I'm like, no. <laughs> you're the math. So, so he's like, all right. I mean, I. He's got published papers and stuff, right? You know, like forty of them. And number, yeah. he's a number theorist. He's a you know tenured. I mean, he's a. Well, and and I think I felt like he took that moment, that second to last one. Um, it almost seemed like a thing of beauty, like that. The way, like I, I just got a feeling that he put something up there. The, the, I said this to um, uh, to Phil at the time. I feel like he thought to himself, hmm, I'm going to take myself back to my childhood when I saw this incredibly beautiful problem and I'm going to give him that. Probably not a childhood, probably in college. Yeah, college. Yeah. college. Because, yeah. because it was, there was something about it. An elegance then, to it. Like, yeah. yeah, he had to, um, I can't remember. I think it was a, oh, it was a very clever substitution but i think it was a combined use substitution integration by parts it was very tricky and you know and he said and so funny thing is that i'm sitting next to Hren and Hren's kind of commentating he's like yeah i don't know if he's gonna he's like wait a minute i think he's on to it i think he sees it because 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 george you can see he's working really fast. <laughs> this he's is george, right? george is like looking he's like looking at him. he's like doing a lot of his head he's like okay he's looking around like, big little thing scratching him out he's like wait a minute, wait a minute i think he's on to it he's on to it that, and yeah he, and, he, and, he, and he and he they did it. He did it. He did. And and that was what we kept. That was the one thing we really noticed was that there's many different ways to solve these things. And they're trying to find a way in. It's like if they find the way in, everything cascade, everything cascades from there. I mean, w- without yeah. truly knowing math, but that's yeah. what it seems like just on yeah. the basic level. Well, especially with the especially with the tricky integral, sometimes there's more than one way to do it. Usually, usually there's one method that'll work out better. Yeah. Some, some can be, you know, but yeah, you got to find a way in. And so the last problem, he's like, you know, another one repeat came up and I was like, all right, it's you. And he's like, all right. So he's like, all right. So he does. And I didn't, he did the integral, I think it was the integral of negative pi over three to pi over three of the absolute value of sine of theta. And he's like, either they're going to see right away or it's going to 
take a lot of work. And of course, remember, they didn't have a lot of time to do this in. So they get up there, and he and so George is competing against Caroline. And oh, by the way, just to be clear, George and Caroline are both Mexican, and they're both economically disadvantaged. They're both the kids who have the, the fee waivers for the AP exam. Those were the finalists, which is kind of like a big part of the program. You want, you know, a lot of times you think kids who, you know, who, are, who, who become exceptionally well-prepared in things like math, their parents are well-off, their parents are extremely well-educated, and that's why they get all these special things. These kids would never have seen anything like this. But now, you know, now, of course, their trajectories are completely changed. But the, they're the ones who are in the finals, which was really cool to see. You know, see. like, see, looking at George, he was such a, like, a fun chap. I was thinking in my mind, like, casting my mind to the future and imagining the lineup of, you know, Isaac Newton, you know, uh, Einstein, and George. <laughs> George Mesa. <laughs> George Mesa. Yeah, so funny. So, 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 and, so and, and while George is, like, all personality... You know, and he's just beaming and full of enthusiasm. Like he couldn't contain his enthusiasm. Almost. Mm. Caroline is just really low key. Yeah, she's quite, so she's, she's like. So Sandy calls her the math ninja. She's kind of like the like the almost like an emo, the quite kind of like or the goth girl kind of thing who yeah. just doesn't say too much and then just does amazing stuff. She does, and she's an amazing artist too. And so anyway, so Trent puts his problem up there. She looks at it, and in five seconds goes zero and puts a box around it. The answer is zero. <laughs> and we're like, holy crap. Like yeah. she just saw it and just, she just looked at it geometrically and like it has to be zero. Yeah. And meanwhile, George doesn't look at it geometrically. George just goes to work and he's just like, boom, 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 you know, get a sign of the crosses that, you know, so the absolute value of this, so he breaks into these separate integrals and he's doing all this stuff. And he, in, in, so, but Caroline, hearing him doing all this writing is like, oh crap. Did I? So she second guesses herself and erases her answer, mm. and she starts trying to work it out. But she runs out of time. George ends up getting it right, getting zero for all the computation. She saw it immediately, even before you know, we were like the mathematicians that he would see it right away. George, we look at we're talking to Lenny, who's one yeah. of the mathematicians. Judges like, yeah, Lenny, the Russian mathematician. He's, he didn't see it right away, and she just saw it. Yeah. It was incredible. But being an artist, I think she has a good visual sense of things, geometric sense. Where George's weakness is, he's he's much more as as Haran would call him an algebraist as opposed to a geometer. Like he, he's very good at logical inferences and, you know, and, and pattern matching and, 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 and building, you know, following different types of, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's we're thinking about things algebraically as opposed to just looking at visual picture. That's sort of his kryptonite. And that's something I'm working on with him, but he's just, he's just, that's not his strength. And whereas Caroline just, she just saw the picture in her head. And she's like, ah, it's But in the meantime, George won the whole, he won the whole thing. The whole thing. He won the whole thing, and uh, you know, you the way you introduced him, you know, because you're you're ha like at the at the end, you had this kind of handout ceremony, which is which is awesome, and the way that awards looked were awesome, and the logo that you guys have got is awesome. We'll talk about that, mm -hmm. but anyway, like finally, it gets ready to the handout for the George, and you say, I'm not sure anyone really noticed, you know, this the, <laughs> our next guest too much, <laughs> but it is. George <laughs> and the place erupted. Yeah, he he was the crowd favorite. He won the day. You know, he was just a. It was again. He was on a vision quest. Or he he. It was his day. You know, it was peak George. I mean, what I told people is like, you know, Riley could have won the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Um. Nicole was had an off day. Nicole could have. I we actually I think everyone in the class thought Nicole was going to win the whole thing, 
but she got knocked out in the first round of both of us. She was mentally kind of out of it that day. Um, you know, Colby could have won it. I mean, these anyone, it's like I kept telling him, it's like those six kids, it's any given Sunday, as they say yeah. in the NFL. Any one of those, I said, but it problem. was George's day. Yeah. And George's, and, and you know, most of the kids won something in the sixth grade. And like, you know, Riley missed so many problems in like the semifinal round by just, oh, he forgot a negative sign or he did like he was on the problem and he just wrote the answer down correctly. He did like three times, mm. like very simple things. And he was like almost in tears and he was sitting with his dad's audience. And I went over and said, Riley, look, everyone in the audience saw that you basically figured all these things out and that you missed just the small thing. Everybody knows here that you're, that you're great at this, that you, you just made silly mistakes. Okay. Everybody knows that. Yeah. You know, it's, that's, it's, everybody's not, you're not going to win every day, but just know, you know, that, you know, you're as good as, is, is any of the kids in here, you know, next time you'll probably win. Just There was some tough moments for Colby as well where he just looked at it and he couldn't find a way in and yeah, he just rubbed it out. He just, just like deleted it and then just walked away and sat down, you know. Yeah, a couple of kids did that. A couple of times yeah. they just looked at it and it's like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the problems, there's, we had a, there's a lot, big range of problems and they were really hard and you knew that if you didn't get a way in early, you had no shot That's because right. yeah. you didn't have much time and there was going to be a fair amount of computation in addition, in addition to being finding a clever solution, then you had to go to work and you had to do the work correctly and you didn't have much time. So, you know, there, there are some people in the math community who don't like math competitions and probably wouldn't particularly wouldn't like timed math, math competitions, but the reality is the only way to turn it into a spectator event is to make it timed. Right. Because there's nothing more boring than within watching someone do math quietly for an hour. Be like, what's like tedious? Be horrible, right? So we want to create a spectator event, you know? And again, it's like, I tell you, it's like, this is real math, but it's kind of, you know, a version of it, right? Like the way math is really done is people spend, you know, weeks or months or years working on problems or related problems and thinking through things. But, and you say, well, is this really what a mathematician does? No, not really, but this is what makes it fun to watch. And this makes it, it's a fun event, right. you know? And, and so, you know, if we made them longer for like five minutes, it would just been tedious to watch, listen to watch. I thought yeah. the minute and a half to three minutes, you know, two minutes was made it just that they, they had kids enough time to do something to get. You know, so it was but like, there's also a sense of um, urgency with the with the kids manically scribbling on the board. It made it intense. It to made watch. it intense and interesting. Yeah. Well, what did you think from a spectator? Did you find it? I thought it was great. I can't watch? wait to. Um, I can't wait to see the. Well, we got to talk about this. I mean, I'm just introducing this concept right now. But Jason, there is someone making a documentary about Math Academy, and they were filming this, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, uh, James O'Keefe and his wife Don. James he teaches um, filmmaking at a USC and USC film school is like top in the world. And he's done he's been to Sundance and he's done a bunch he's of stuff. He's a great guy, Jim. Isn't he? Jim, right? Yeah, Jim. Come James yeah. to Jim and and um, his he's Don, funny as hell. Yeah, he he's, is kidding. He's, he's so funny. He's like this. He's kind of I don't know. He's like a Southern. I don't know where he's from. He's like he like seems Arkansas. like a cowboy. Like he's like from a, like Arkansas or something, <laughs> Alabama. Yeah, and yeah, he's an older guy, and he's like really got this wry sense of humor. Yeah. And uh, he, um, so he's just been fascinated with Math Academy, you know. And well, see, initially he heard he and I, I mentioned this a little bit, so I won't go too into it. But he, he and his wife Dawn were at a PUSD board meeting back in February, and that's when I gave a presentation to the board because I wanted to kind of set up the vote to get our see if we get our, our courses approved as sequence courses. 
meaning they could be their normal math class and not an elective, right? Yeah. You know, which is, we've something we've talked about. And he happened to be in the honest with his wife and they saw him and I started talking and I said, look, what we're doing here is going to change the world and this is how. And I go through this whole thing and they're like, what this guy say? The guy say he changed the world. <laughs> and so they are really interested and they start listening to it and he turns to his wife and he's like, oh, this is a documentary. And so then after Nadira and Hell and I, after our sort of, time to speak to the board and we we went out he came out and they're just like that was really interesting like i've never seen a presentation that long and get applause from the board <laughs> like really and like yeah we've been on this for many many years and that doesn't happen i'm like awesome you know and they're like yeah so and then they start talking about how they make documentaries and they want to talk to us about it so anyway you know, he's been playing with the idea of doing a documentary and had come in and filmed some things and filmed some classes and filmed some meetings that Sandy Eva had with people at the district. And what he's trying to do is create what he calls a civil a sizzle reel. Yeah. Think of it as a trailer. So he can cut together something short, you know, I don't know if it's three minutes or five minutes or what it is that kind of, you know, serves as a pitch. Like this it basically is what, captures the essence of what's going on. This off. is what we want. This is the story we want to tell. And then they go try and raise. I think they're trying to raise something in like 150000 or something for the documentary. And so, yeah, so they were covering Solve was, you know, a big thing that they were going to cover. And it just, you know, um, so we're going to, Sane and I are talking about how we're going to do this, but we're going to likely pay them to um, cut together like a two-minute um, highlight reel of Great. Solve. Great. So it's something we can put up on the Facebook page and yeah, that's gonna be awesome. you know because people are like, if you weren't there, it'd be kind of hard to. It's kind of hard to explain, right? It is. <laughs> like they were like a math thing. It sounds kind of boring or kind of. It's a bunch of people sitting in rooms taking tests or something. And it's like <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 much more like a sporting event or something, you know, yeah. than it was. And and that's that's what I for the beginning I was like, you know, we got to bring bring all the elements of like a tennis tournament or a track meet or a swim meet. The, all the things that make those things fun and watchable that you know that you have like the brackets up there and the leaderboards and you have to check each round to see who's going to qualify and it's timed and you got serious you know, all those things to that make kid because you know there's nothing inherently exciting about throwing a ball back and forth or hitting a ball or swimming you know but it's the stuff we build around it that make it fun whereas and that's one thing that like red was saying to me he's like i can't believe how awesome this was he's like this was more fun than the than what he say like the uh the grand slam for him he's like <laughs> who cares watch it all this was exciting you know mm. and that was like it was you know because we stole all of those elements that yeah. are used in, to make sporting events fun well i mean i think that it's going to just be bigger next year i mean it's just going to be you know now that you've now that we've done it once yeah we but, work out the kinks we know exactly what to do yeah starter rule number one like most most everything worked, right? <laughs> the, the, the things that did work was not having the problems ready. That kind of took Sandy and out for the day and made our yeah. day really, really hard. Um, but had that not happened and had the, this, the, the projector problems not happened, it would have been pretty seamless. Yeah, yeah it would have been. You know, and, and, you know, the first 15, the first round or two where the judges are trying to figure out how to do it and that made, that made it a little slower than it should have been. Like, that'll be, that won't happen again next year. It'll be really clean. Um, and of course, I won't stay up all the night before, so I can actually be, you know, not in like a daze the whole day. But the the other thing is, I think we're going to add a couple of elements. One thing that Phil had, Phil's idea, which I thought was really cool, he's like, you know, what you should have is like a medley relay at the end. Do you know what a medley relay is? Mm. You've seen that in sports, like in swimming. So mm. the swimming, like, what, I think it's like the last event of the Olympics. The swim, mm. uh, the swim portion of it is, you know, you have backstroke, 
freestyle. They're all handing off to each other. Breaststroke and, and butterfly, right? So each person does a leg. And he's like, why don't you do it so that you, you divide, you know, to like a couple, each each class and grade, whatever, breaks up into their separate teams. And then you have like four or eight problems in a row and every person has to take a problem, but you don't know which problem it's going to be. So who's going to do the problem? And it's a tag in and you go, 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 go. And, and it's, it's about time. Yeah, so it's, it's just it's one round. what time and number right. Something like that. And But it's like one, maybe it's like one continuous thing. But actually, could do what you just think because you got to do the problem. Is the team just, is the teammates allowed to scream at you? That no, one? no, no, no. Uh, one person at a time. But that would be fun. It would be kind of, it would be kind of, uh, well, kind of exciting way to give a third opportunity for people to win. Yeah. And then the, whichever school wins for the grade, they take the trophy home. They keep it for the year, kind of thing. Mm. Well, talking about the trophies, they look great. Like oh, you these, like those? These kind of like, um, I guess they they're kind of like glass blocks, but yeah. uh, some kind of plastic glass with you know when they kind of engrave the back of it with your awesome branding, which I totally pegged when I said, I said, this branding, this looks like a cross between SpaceX and like Tony Stark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, that's funny you should say that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, so Sandy's like, you know, we need to, we need to get t-shirts made and we need to get, you know, the trophies and we need all this stuff. So we need to come up, we got to get a logo done before we do any of that. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, well, how do you want to do it? I'm like, well, why don't we try 99 Designs? I mean, I've heard some good things about it. I mean, we, don't have, we can't really spend that much money on it. And so we went in, we did the $800 version. Oh, oh wait, I said, I said it looks like a cross between SpaceX and Star Trek. That's what yeah, I Star said. Trek, it was close yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, so, so we, when we did this, I said, she's like, well, how do we do it? I said, just go in and describe what you want. She's like, well, how should I describe it? And actually, I think she said that. She's like, we want it to be a cross between something that Elon Musk would design and something with Tony Stark would design. <laughs> and I mean, that guy nailed it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, so there's the Math Academy logo, which I think looks amazing. And then there's the Solve 2017. Yeah, that looks great too. And and then we designed the t-shirts and the t-shirts, those were pretty Oh, they cool. look great on kids. <gasps> yeah, perfect. So, so we, we did the dry fit as opposed to like the typical crappy... Mm. Um, so it's cotton. like a slim fit, like a well, it's not really it. slim fit. It's just made of the dry fit, the yeah, really yeah. drapey material, yeah. which is really nice. But then we made every school. Their their they, they all the shirts were all the same logo and design, except their school colors were different. So uh, uh, McKinley was black and red, and uh, Sierra Madre was green and yellow, and Washington was blue and red, or whatever. So they all look completely different. And then they had their names on their back so that when they were at the board, you could see the name of which kid was which. So the judges can see and the audience can see. That's right. Which yeah. was her idea, which in retrospect was just really good. Amazing idea because it made it that much more interactive. Yeah. So anyway, I think we did all the big decisions were right. We were right about the big things. So even though we screwed up a few little things, and I would say we, I mean me, <laughs> it wasn't enough to... It, to, to really put much of a dent in things. Like everything seemed to work out. And then, okay, here's the other thing. I mean, I had amazing key people helping us out, including you and Phil. I mean, you and Phil were huge. You showing up, happened to have your computer, happened to have PowerPoint on it. <laughs> you know, you guys running the whole thing. I mean, that was huge. And I really, really appreciate that you guys did that. I mean, that was Thanks. a big deal. And then our, so, in the, but then there was our support staff. So there was, the, the, you know, we're for all people who pretty much work for me writing questions, the system, um, Daniel and Rob and Nina and Michelle and Alex, like 
they just kind of took over because I was like, look, I, I was like, you know, even at the beginning, I was trying to do stuff. Um, you know, I said, all right, uh, Daniel, can you do the scorekeeping? And he and Rob were kind of helping with the score and the timing. And he, he would remind me, he's like, Jason, you should probably do this. Or I'm like, yeah, good point. Good point. Jason, you got to announce it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he was like <laughs> reminding me things to do because like I'm being pulled in five directions. People are asking me questions and I'm trying to like talk to judges. And he's like, Jason, you got to do He's producing it. He was, yeah, yeah. he was he's great, like, wasn't making he? Making it hanging together, yeah. I don't know if he's, but then he took over as the MC for a while. Right, yeah. Which yeah. he did a great job. I mean, yeah, because. He did. You know, this is a 22-year-old kid. He just took over and just kind of, I mean, it was, I mean, I, nobody said anything to him. I didn't say, hey, could you do this? I mean, actually, I handed the mic to Hren, and Hren was doing it for a while, but then I can't, for some reason, you know, um, Daniel took it from him, but he was, he was did an amazing job. And then, like, Michelle, I mean, they, you know, talk about corralling the kids and the registration and then, you know, getting the heat. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on, but it was all our kind of secondary support staff that kind of ran it because Sandy and I were working on the damn questions. And it was just, it was amazing. I mean, the thing is, you can't run an event like this without having a lot of really good people helping you out. Because when things go wrong and they do go wrong, you need people who are going to step up and just solve problems and make things work. And it was, so I mean, we're incredibly indebted to everybody. It was such a, you know, it was so awesome. And then it came out. And then, then of course, the parent, the kids were... Well, the end of it was so so cute. Like, um, basically, you you your status is raised to like super famous status. <laughs> All the moms wanted to get their kids' picture taken with you, so uh -huh. you were there. You know, kid after kid coming up. I want a picture with Jason. I want a picture with Jason. <laughs> it was so cute. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, you know, it was um, it was it was it was uh, great in that that I think the kids really had fun. A lot of the kids who were winning with long faces, who my, my last class preparing for them winning long faces think they didn't have a shot, actually did pretty well. Mm. And I was like, see, you know, look. And then, you know, Clara lost and, but her best friend who she, she and her best friend Mia won the team and her yeah. best friend won individual. I told Mia that like, look, you gotta be ready because if Clara makes a mistake, you know, a chance. it could be your, it could be your game, right? Yeah. Because, because, you know, because they look at Claire and they're like, there's no way I'm going to be Claire. There's no way I'm going to beat H Usain Bolt, right? Well, Usain could, could uh, do a foot foul. You know I mean? He could do a false start. You know, he could pull a hamstring. Like you could still be, you could still win. Yeah. You probably aren't going to beat Usain Bolt if he's at his best, but it doesn't mean he's going to be at his best every race. Well, it's and like taking advantage of, of luck, of the luck. That, what, when we're talking about that, like people who do really well in life are, the ones who are prepared to take advantage of the opportunities that come their That's way. Right. Exactly. So, you know, and she, she won, um, which was great. And then, I mean, anyway, a lot of, a lot of kids won at different levels and it was. Talk it was about, fun. don't judge, judge a book by its cover. Mia, this tiny little half, thing. half, she's half Mexican, half black. She's about five. She's not even five foot. She's yeah. probably four foot. And then nothing. just right. Scrolling out these tiny super little, long, you know, binomial differential equations yeah yeah so it was amazing and she's the sweetest little thing in the world and she's just tiny and you know the thing about um you know and the reason i'm talking about their ethnicity i mean i see the thing is i personally don't care about that when it comes to math like i don't anybody gets all the politics of it and you know and i'm just like you know can girls do math or what? like yeah girls can do math it doesn't matter what color you're doing, whether what gender you are you know do you want to do it or not and you want to work hard but 
I think it's sometimes important to to just throw explain that because people get the impression like, oh, is this just a bunch of like, you know, stereotypical smart Asian white maybe Indian kids, and it's not that at all, right? It wasn't that at, at all. In fact, it was kind of the reverse. You know? Yeah, I almost think the, the point I the sense I get from you that you're trying to make regarding this is, it's just, it's anyone's game. It's mm. like anyone's game. There's no limitations. Like. And you're just pointing that out. Yeah, I'm just pointing it out. And it's like, and, and, and you know, because two-thirds of the kids in our district are economically disadvantaged, at or below the poverty line. Two-thirds. It's so, funny that you're, go, you're going to a public school. You know, you, you know, if you were following the norms, you'd be going to a private school. You know, yeah. they, they'd be going to a private school, but you're not. You're going to a public school, and you're bringing them with you. <laughs> yeah, like we're leveling the whole thing up. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of true. I just... You know, but if I went to a private school, I wouldn't be able to do anything like this. All right. Private yeah. schools, you know, because I, I talk to a lot of parents whose kids who are private school, and it's very, very structured and set. They do not take input from parents. Like, this is what we do. This is how we do it. We'll see at the fundraiser. Mm. You know? You know, yeah, that's, that's a that's, pretty good point. You yeah. know, they, you know, they don't, like, but some of these public school districts, especially ours, it's under-resourced and it's struggling. So, therefore, if you have parents who want to come in and try and make an impact there is an opportunity to do that now obviously what we've done is far beyond what as far as i know any parents done like nobody creates an entire school pro multi-school <laughs> district-wide program like that's not that <laughs> that's takes, not the norm that's not you know what i'm, I'm yeah, wondering is you've made math so fun for those kids but you've got the ones in that in your class who are really kind of good like they've got the basic raw material but I, I wonder if you could just double back that concept down to kids who weren't at that level, but just bring that fun style, that style, just change the way math is taught, you know, would that make a difference to everyone? Well, you know, I kind of think it's, it's sort of similar to the, like the Tesla approach. Like we're doing our roadster. Okay. We're making yeah. it, it's expensive. Not everyone could do it, but it makes it sexy and everybody wants it. And then you could do the Model S, right? You can move down nice. and get yeah, more money. Nice it's like, yeah. You know, but if, if you, but if you start with like the, hey, we're going to start with the kids at the bottom and we're going to try and make them a little less bad, like nobody at the top cares. They're like, okay, whatever. You know, the parents don't care. But when you take the kids at the top and you do something amazing with them, then everybody's like, wow. It's like a school that like has a really good, you know, program of some time, a sports program, music program, and they go, they win nationals, they win state. And then everybody wants to go to that school and be part of the program, Right. Like, like if, Notre Dame with football kind of thing? Exactly, right. Like you become, a, like let's say that you're like a, a state championship football team, just to pick something. Well, the JV is going to be great. The ninth grade team is going to go all the way down to the middle school, you know, or if a music program goes to wins national, like then everybody wants to be part of it. And it becomes a whole integrated, vertically integrated thing, you know, from middle school on up because everybody should and be part of that yeah, championship, yeah. Makes sense. you know, national level thing. And so you got to, you got to put, start at the top and, and you got to make it sexy and exciting. And, 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 and then, then everybody starts clamoring to come to it. It can go nationwide. I mean, if you look at New Zealand, like everyone's into rugby, right? Mm -hmm. And there's only 4 million people, but they still have the best rugby team in the world against these other countries that have yeah. like, you know, hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. Because they just, they're obsessed with that one they thing. They really focus on it. Yeah. You know, and the, the, yeah, you know what the so it's just a little side thing is like one of the side effects of us doing this is now 
um, we, we had to create this uh, catch-up class. Did I, I don't ever talk to you about this, have I? No. So Haran had been talking to me throughout the year. He's like, hey, you know, maybe we should have some way for kids to test into the program like in seventh grade. And I'm like, how are they going to do that? I mean, our kids are basically going to be finishing up pre-calculus in seventh grade. Like that's what, the, that's what we're going to be doing in August and September seventh grade year. What incoming seventh grader is going to be at that level? I'll answer that for you. Zero. <laughs> there are none, effectively. I mean, there's a handful in the country of, you know, super genius kids, but I mean, that's an effective zero. So us spending any time or energy trying to facilitate something like that is just a waste of time because we have a million other things we got to do, right? I mean, we're, we're, we have, at any given time, we have like 10 battles, any one of which can like kill us. <laughs> like, let's try and, you know, win this. But then, you know, he, he had a few kids at, his, at, at Sierra Madre, one of the schools he teaches at, where had come to him and had somehow missed the boat and really wanted to get into it and were, whose parents were like physicists or JPL. And like they had the kind of raw material and they had the kind of parental support where it was like, yeah, this kid is probably the right kind of kid for this, right? Um, and uh, so then I was like, all right, fine. Like, let's go out. We'll send a letter out to the district and see if we can get some takers. And and, you know, at first it was just like a handful of kids, three or four kids. But then people start dribbling in later. Now we have 12 kids. <laughs> a lot of the kids are not either at the school or they are not at one of the schools that we have or not even in the district and are thinking about coming into the district. <laughs> but what they want to do is take the test, to take a test at the end of August to see if they can test in and so they can join Math Academy. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So I got, I got 12 of them. And I just had a few join like within like a week ago. We've been doing this for like five weeks and they've like blown through like 12 assignments one girl did like 20 assignments in like two weeks is she is she using the software yeah she so she logs in and just does everything online that's awesome and they're getting like near perfect scores that's great and did, did they hear about it before the solve to solve or is that um part of in it? and around it's just it, like, word of mouth is getting it's been out word there. of I mean, mouth and it's just going so crazy it's such a good when you do something this good it, it can't can't be contained. Yeah, so now kids are, now we're getting, we get like this morning, we got another call from a parent. They want to switch. They're, they're, they're like, how can I switch schools and talk to the district? And, <laughs> and they're probably like in this incredibly high-end private school and they're like, okay, I want to go to this public school with math. <laughs> yeah, it's just really, it's really crazy. You know, it's really just, but, and, and more and more that's going to happen, I think. So, you know, a couple more years as we really kind of solidify the program and the more and more, because the more kids are in it, the more parents have, connections and it just kind of compounds but um but i yeah. bet you'll also be able to 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 bring the kids who've moved up through the ranks they'll be able to kind of go back down and help they'll probably want to be yeah. part of it and part of the teaching of math oh uh, well like tutor taing or something yeah like that. that kind of stuff yeah, yeah like doing summer program stuff they might they might but when they're a little older and you know the middle school kids are still not quite at the level where they can help yeah okay they're just kind of screwing around but when you get kids when they get to like 11th 12th grade they're mature enough to say, hey, I can go and TA stuff. But I mean, these kids are going to be so ridiculously advanced. Like my seventh graders. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll go into the AP exam in a minute. But just this week, I was like, all right, I'm going to start teaching a multivariable calculus and differential, you know, these advanced differential equation stuff. So I was like, all right, guys, let's, let's talk about partial derivatives and multivariable functions and partial derivatives and gradients. And the Is there a point where they overtake you? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it would take a little while because, you know, I was a math major at a, I was at an honors math program at one of the top math. So, I mean, I learned a fair amount. I mean, I'm not a PhD, but, right. you know, it would take them a little while. I mean, they'll probably surpass 
if they, if they go at this rate, they'll surpass where I was by the end of high school, for sure, which is amazing. Um, but and uh, when we and how old are you when you twenty two uh, peak Jason twenty two and and how old are you at high school sixteen is it uh you know you you usually graduate around eighteen eighteen okay. yeah. yeah so they'll they'll a few years ahead they'll have like four years ahead but they'll. So that means they could do. They could end up having a PhD by the time they're twenty-two. Yeah, I mean, we're not. <laughs> I mean, our goal isn't to have them skip undergrad. Our goal is that if they go to a really competitive undergraduate they, institution, they're, they're, the, they're the top choice because they're got this. they're just way ahead. And so that you know they'll probably take some upper division courses, and maybe they're taking graduate courses in their sophomore junior year, and they're in a position to get to really to succeed within the honors program and get a lot of special treatment because they're so far advanced. And, you know, they also will just, they won't have to stress out and work as hard just to, to just to do well. You know, where a lot of kids come in, they're just like, because what happens is when you have a place like a Stanford or a Harvard or Caltech or whatever, you're pulling, you're choosing from the best kids in the world. And when you talk about the best kids in the world, a lot of them have had very specialized, exceptional training. You know, their mother or dad was a physicist or mathematician and, you know, they they did a bunch of special math programs and got three or four or five years ahead in math. And all of a sudden they show up in college and you're sitting next to them and like, they just are way more prepared than you. It's not a fair fight, but nobody talks about this. And so if you come in and you just say, oh, I just took a year of AP calculus or something, or I even took two years and then these guys or girls took took it their freshman year and then they were taking classes at local university and they were doing summer math competition. You're like, they're just at a different level, mm. you know? And then what happens is you get in these classes with them and you're like, you know, you really thought you were good because, you know, you got into an elite institution and you got all these great scores and all your standardized tests. So you think you've got all it takes to do you well. You sound like you're speaking from experience here. Yeah. yeah. So I saw it, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was able to persevere probably just out of dumb, just stubbornness, but a lot of people, just bailed you know they were just like but um yeah so you just i want them to walk in and they're just like they have all the confidence and preparation and training to do well it's like it's yours it's your game to lose now like if you want to like or but you know a lot of them will want to do other things and that's totally fine but i'm just we're just setting them up to 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 really excel at the highest levels one of the things i wanted to talk to you about was um your vision your kind of grand vision of creating a lot of Elon Musk's in America to kind of help, you know, just yeah. help our overall uh, GDP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what what I was wondering was what what is your plan? So this is there's this huge education in math for these kids. What to 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 create an Elon Musk? It, there's this whole other education about entrepreneurialism and a different way of thinking about you know tackling problems and business and things like that. Do you have any plan or any thoughts about you know? guiding these kids down those directions you know so here's the thing it's like you know like the whole you think we say we well, don't want to boil the, the ocean yeah right yeah. there's only so much we can do especially when they're this young and they're in high school it's kind of like um but well, i mean long term i mean like fullness of in the fullness of time oh, like have you have you thought about you know that aspect yeah of it? i mean i had thought like okay so let's say let's put this 10 years down the road and let's say we've having a lot, so we're in 20 different school districts, let's say, or more, 
hundred school districts, maybe it really starts to compound and a lot of people start doing it. And we get starting lots and lots of kids that are graduating who are exceptionally advanced in math and science. And then a lot of these kids are going to be populating the, the math and science programs at the top universities and are going to come out with doing all kinds of stuff. Then you have this network that you can leverage to do other things. You know, maybe you create some kind of a Y Combinator thing, you know? I mean, because you're going to be training these kids for years and years, and there's going to be certain, it almost becomes a little family-like, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, can I, can I read something to you? Yeah. We just, we can pause it. Um, let me just look this up and just put a cut, look for where you want to cut this, so. So you, what, when you read it to me, you don't want it to go in the show? No, I want to read it to you, but I just don't want to spend all this time. Oh, you don't want us to have you searching for it. That's not the best. So, um, you know, you you, you talk over. So anyway, I, I think that, let me start over. I think that you create a, there becomes a, a, a real community that gets built from these kids. You know, and I think we will be doing more and more of those things to really cultivate that. And, you know, I think when they get to high school, we'll be facilitating internships and independent research projects with all kind of mathematicians and scientists. And I think those kids are going to look back at this program and be like, that was just so amazing that they're going to want to come back and, you know, stay in touch and maybe help out, you know, teach theater in the summers or whatever. But you could end up building a network of these kids that, that become something bigger after college, you know, I mean, it could be year. This is we're talking years down the road, but you know, especially if it became broad enough, yeah, maybe you could do something. Yeah. Um, well, but what I, I guess the point I'm making is, um, you, the reason why they're so amazing at math is because you're changing the way that they're thinking about learning. You're changing the whole, the whole paradigm. Now, the reason why someone becomes an Elon Musk is because ultimately they 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 can't take no for an answer. They believe anything's possible and they just, they just, a diff, they just think differently. So I wonder, does it require training? Like, does it require, it's rather than it just being a network, does it require act, actual purposeful training on your part to say, look, this, this, well, okay. You know okay. I mean? So yeah, you know, I think a lot of that, I think, you know, what's nature and nurture. I think a lot of that is kind of nature. You know, you're kind of the kind of person like Elon Musk wasn't made so much. Elon Musk. So it's more like, I think he's kind of, I mean, you know, you just think create a lot of those kind of people. And then when, you know, if if it happens to fall on an entrepreneurial type of person, then we, you know, bingo. Yeah. That's the, yeah. You, 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 you increase the pool of people that have that kind of mathematical training that you're, you're going to increase the chances there's going to be intersection with, the entrepreneurial sort of personality type, you know, there's certain like natural risk tolerance or certain stubbornness or certain sort of ambition. A lot of that stuff is sort of innate. It's just kind of who people are, you know, can you do things that helps cultivate it? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think math Academy, one thing it will do is to show the kids that they can do something amazing. Yeah. And they can do something that people wouldn't really think is possible. And there's nothing like, you know, learning like abstract algebra when you're like a 10th grade or something to be like, uh, I can do anything, right? There's nothing I can't figure out. So, and, and that's what I tell the kids. I said, you know, I said, you know, it's one thing I want you guys to get away from this. I mean, there's a lot of things I want you to take away from Math Academy. Obviously, I want you to be great at math and I want you to learn how to learn hard things. You know, I want you to, you know, figure out 
you know, get used to the fact that not everything's easy and that if you dig in and you, and you try and put it out effort and thing that you can learn something, conquer something that most people think is just impossibly hard. But even more generally, it's like you can do things that the world doesn't think is possible. We just did it here, you mm -hmm. know? And I think, I think that's the, I think that, I think all those things are valuable, but that might be one of the more valuable lessons because it's one thing to like see a movie or read a book or you can be anything or do anything. It's like, no, I did it. I did something that was amazing. So uh, therefore, why can't I go do something, mm -hmm. you know, else that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, yeah, but that's yeah. kind of how I think about it. Mm. I mean, I talk to the kids about this periodically. I don't, you know, it's like I beat them in the head with it every day, but you know, every once in a while I'll say, guys, you know, this is, you guys are really special. This is a really big deal. Yeah. They might not know that internally though, but it might you know, just be life for them. It's just, it's this, a little this hard. is just the way life is. It's a little hard. It's a little hard for them to internalize. They kind of get it, but they kind of don't. Um, we are making a an indoor play space. That's this uh, Georgie's um, mm -hmm. the, the people we live with, um, Carrie and Jason, and Georgie's helping. She's designing this whole indoor kids play space, and it's really great the way that they've mm -hmm. done it. And Jack goes there every day, and it's not open yet. And um, I was just saying to Georgie today, he's playing in this. It's like it's like as if you have this whole other office mm -hmm. that's just your that's just your playroom, you know, right. this incredible playroom. Yeah. And I'm like, I said to Georgie, he just thinks this is like this is life, you know, this is what life is. This is normal, but it's not. <laughs> like, it's not. This is like, lucky. Like this is a really you know unique situation. And I think these kids, your kids, it's the same scenario with them. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, the other thing I wanted to tell you, but in, in terms of the math thing, and I think we we got into some else, but you know, Col I mean, sorry, the we just did the AP calculus test. So Tuesday. So it's kind of funny we're talking about solve, but when do you get the results? Um, I think it's like July fifth or something. Okay. So it was kind of funny. I mean, well, first of all, we were studying for this for weeks. Every Monday we would do three hours after school. Thursdays we do two hours after school for six weeks. In addition to our and is that class. all your seventh grade kids? Yeah, all, all six. There's only six of them. And I would, I would, we'd order pizza on Mondays and <laughs> and bring in ice cream sandwiches and stuff on Thursdays. And then uh, the last two weekends before, both Monday, Saturday and Sunday, we do two hours at Penguins in South Pass. <laughs> so it was just awesome. like, yeah, I mean, it was really a lot of work preparing them. And I, I think they probably all did pretty well. You know, even if they all didn't pass or ace it i think most of them probably passed it you know i mean we'll see um they took it the thing do they is get they, a grade is it just binary or do no they it's one through five right. so a five is considered except as very well prepared four is well prepared three is considered or no five is very well qualified four is qualified three is qualified two is possibly qualified one is not qualified or no recommendation as it call it so the three is a pass yeah, three is a pass or qualified. So um, we'll see. I mean, I we did a lot of practice tests. I think a lot of them were in a position to get fours, maybe five. You know, most of, I'm guessing most of them will probably get threes and fours. Um, there's a potential one or they could get a couple twos just having a bad day. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing is, we spent a lot of the year doing like really tricky integrals, differential equations. I really wasn't focusing on just even though I said our goal is to pass the AP calculus exam, I didn't really spend the year working at that. I was like, I left a lot of the like AP calculus type questions stuff to the last six weeks. And I should have started doing those much sooner because there are just lots and lots of these questions that you just have to know how to do, you know? Mm. So 
Well, how did the kids feel coming out of it? Well, you know, so we went over and took it at Muir High School. So with the high school kids there and the, when they, you know, all the parents. What did you say, Muir High School? Muir, Muir High School. Whereabouts is that? Um, It's over in Altadena. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's not too far. Um, So, you know, we were all parents. We get there at 7.30 in the morning and they get, you know, the guy with the documentary, Jim is filming everything and the kids are all kind of fired up and, um, and they, Anyway, so the, the the proctor takes them into the gym. They, were, they had a big gym set up with the tables and stuff. And um, and after when it was over, I talked to Proctor, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I, you know, they looked they looked confident. They looked like they did well. He's like, they were they all finished every section early. They all their body language and their eye movement looked very confident. Like they weren't, you know, I guess he's, this guy was an older guy. Like he's been doing this for years. Like so wait, they're in the gym with all these, what, 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 what are the, the high school kids? Yeah. They're all sitting at separate tables spread out in this big gym. And, uh, you know, so he's kind of, he said he was keeping a close eye on them to see how they were doing. And it's like, they all looked very focused and confident. Like we're just doing it's amazing. It. If, if you get a couple of fives okay. to have that on film like that. Yeah. I mean, even amazing. if you get threes, I mean, if you get these kids in threes, I mean, it would be amazing. You know, and they, the kids came out, they're like, yeah, one section's kind of hard, but the other ones were fine. And the last one was easy and it was like fun. And oh, it was really fun and this and that. And I'm just like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> if it's fun, that's a good, that's, that's a, a good, good sign. answer. And, you know, I mean, I have to give it to the kids. I mean, I, we worked hard. I mean, they worked really hard the last six weeks. I mean, it burnt me out. I'm just like, and then going straight into solve. I'm just like, oh my God, you know, but, um, but yeah, so we're about to wrap. So basically, school ends in next week. So I just have my it's vacation. Yeah, and so the kid, my sixth graders still have to take an end of year standardized test, like a, it's called a calculus readiness test that Ryan and I are going to have our kids take, and and then uh, I think I'm going to chill out for a little bit, at least for a couple of days. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> then it's going. Then all summer, I'm just going to work on the software and on the curriculum. Well, you should just relax and enjoy all the money you're making on Bitcoin. Right, right. So I guess the other kind of fun story, I, there's a few other things I want to just talk about, but the, um, the, so what was it? I, I guess it was in, right at the end of September, um, a friend of mine I, who I talked about years ago on the show who was, who knew, who knew very much about altcoins and Bitcoin. He, he started trading again and you know, he, he just reached out to me. He's like, Hey, how you doing? Just want to catch up say hi and, da, da, da. and and i said so how are you back trading he's like yeah you know i started trading again a little bit and doing and you know doing pretty well and i was like well how well he's like he tells me i'm like that's pretty good <laughs> i was like i was like what do you think about me maybe trading some of mine you know trading some of my account for me and you know maybe i'll share you know we'll work out a deal with the upside or whatever and he's like He's like, eh, I don't know. And I was like, come on, Dom, you know. <laughs> so you're pushing him to do well, it. Well, I was like, look, it's not a big deal. And look, I'll. You're I'll like, get, I don't mind if you lose my we'll, money. We'll, we'll share on the upside and I'll take all the downside. And I like, trust me, I'm not going to be on your back. I don't care. I'm mean, like, I'm only, I'm only going to put in what I can afford to lose. So it's not a big deal. And so he's like, all right. So I moved 10, 10 grand over to, um, you know, to it. And, uh, you know, and at, at first it went, you know, it actually, he kind of, it went down for a while, you know, as, as we would expect, right? Like, okay, of course now it like doesn't work out, you know? Yeah. And, and after about February, it kind of, I don't think it, I think it went down to like seven grand or something like that. 
And then it just started like, he called me up and he's like, hey, I just want you to know, like I put some Bitcoin away uh, to the side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it up to you, make it whole. I'm like, Dom, no, absolutely not. Like, you know, I'm a big boy. I put this money into risk. The deal is a deal. I, you know, you get a share of the upside. I take all the downside risk. You just do your thing. I said, I believe in you. I have faith in you. Just I know how trade I know trading works. He's like he's like he's lost thirty percent of your money and, and he's like, You've got all you've got faith in me? Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll keep trying. I'm like, well, I've you know, I've been in the trading world for years. That's I know what how happens, it works. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like you 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 know, you wanna if you wanna have upside, you're gonna have to volatility. You're gonna have some you're gonna take some losses. I know how it goes, you know, and um you know, I said I told him I said I'm not gonna take the money out. We're under one year lockout, I won't take the money out for a year. Let's see how it goes. And so he's like, okay, okay. And, uh, and then all of a sudden he just started boom, 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 you know, and he just keeps going up and makes all the money back and keeps making more and more. And so now I'm like, dumb, hmm, maybe we should formalize this a little bit, you know? <laughs> so I, um, I've, you know, cause I've been talking about what he's doing is trading cause he's doing you know, you know, which is what you call like short, you know, short term trading strategies, you know, I mean, and, and this, and, and in some ways, it's stuff that I've always looked at, I said, you know, this is probably how I trade. This is how I think would, this is what I think you could, would work. Um, and, and, he, you know, he's, he's, he's doing it, and it's working. And, you know, there's nothing magical about it. It's just, smart and you know it's he's 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 spent a number of years trading so he's learned all the hard lessons that you learn when trading you know which you know basically you have to kind of overcome your ego and your fear and your greed and your herd mentality and all the things that humans fall victim to and you just have to look at it in in a uh, a very rational objective way and as if you can do that and you can make smart decisions you can you can win but most people can't do that they can't get past that you know they lose all their money a couple times over before they're able to learn those lessons. But if you're able to stay in it long enough and learn those lessons, you can figure out how to trade successfully. Um, I mean, I've seen a number of traders like that and, and I'm like, he's one of them. So I'm like, all right, let's, uh, I said, well, you're actually starting to make some real money for me now. So <laughs> why don't I said, but I, I believe in relationships being, you know, that both parties are, are being, you know, are getting something out of it. Right. I mean, yeah, he shares in the upside, but I'm like, you know, he has a lot more capital in it than I do. So I'm like, it'd be part of him to think like, why do I want to screw around with this? You know, like he could just trade his own. So I'm like, all right, here's what we're going to do. I was like, I'm going to build some tools that are going to help be a force multiplier on what you're doing. So it's going to monitor. So I've been talking about like, let's look at the things that you're looking at, the opportunities. Like, yeah, if it could let me know when X, Y, and Z happens and this and, you know, being like what I call like a signal generator. Mm. So, you know, not trying to automate everything he's doing, but just go into steps and have the thing literally just generate signals and like send him a text message and say, you know, you know, X, Y, Z conditions are true. You need to look at this now. You know, and so then he can immediately, because the, 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 the Bitcoin altcoin markets, they trade 24 hours a day. They never stop. So could you could you automate the purchasing based on sure, that? You could. But you know, I think the way you want to do this stuff, you know, and I've been around the block so many times all this automated trading stuff, is you wanna start with something that works and then you wanna automate it, automate the things that you can automate, but don't try to automate everything. 
a lot of times you you know you get like these people with PhDs in physics and financial engineering or statistics and they get these big data sets and they start trying to do all this machine learning and trying to find you know some edge and I just it's just it never works or it's re- it rarely ever works you know I'm not saying there isn't someone who's done that it's just it's just like it's really hard to get that to work and it takes a lot you basically spend usually spend years screwing up and not getting it to work and I don't know I just it might be fun. It sounds cool, but it just never seems to the people. Every time I've met people, have tried it. It just I don't know. It's it's hard. But what you want to do is if you figured out, you know, just sort of as a from a using your own human brain, like how to like if you do X, Y, and Z, you're going to make money more often. You're going to lose money and this and that. And then you start automating those things, you know. Um, that's, you know, and I've seen that with a couple, or a couple different trading firms in Chicago that I think of were just kind of different sides of it. One was called Peak Six, which was this um, options trading company. And this is back, geez, I don't know, like going on 20 years ago. And what they would do is they would search the entire universe of options and find the overpriced options and the underpriced options, the most overpriced underpriced, match them up and say, okay, this is the best combinations of options. So if you buy this one, sell this one, you'll be delta neutral, meaning it doesn't matter if the market goes up and down and you'd be locking in a profit or more likely locking in a profit. And then, so the, so as an, as a trader, you wouldn't be have to looking at all these screens, trying to find some overpriced. The system went and found them and said, Hey, these all look like algorithmically, statistically, these all look like really good. But then as a, you, you, as a human trader, you look at it and go, oh, I don't know. I don't think these are smart because of X, Y, and Z factors that the system can't really take into consideration, but this is a good one. Stuff, stuff happening in the real world. And they call it the idea generation tool, the IGT. You know, and but anyway, that made them, incredibly like billions of dollars kind of successful mm. you know or at least hundreds of millions and then there's another trade oh well you're gonna well i was no i was just gonna say remember when i i put five thousand into bitcoin yeah and then i pulled the whole thing out and i was down about you know like ten dollars or something <laughs> if i had actually stayed in now i would that that would have been worth a lot because i think i pulled out at 500 Really? Yeah, I pulled out at five hundred, and Maybe it's worth now about, worth around two thousand, right? Yeah, yeah, it's made about fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So, but the other the other firm, they were trying to do this market making thing, but in order to market make, you'd have to like have a little app that would put in a buy and sell orders, just above and below the bid offer price mm-hmm. or add or below the offer, and so they they created a series of of of. Uh, tools that would allow them to like manage lots of orders and lots of different stocks that were just parameterized. So the trader could go in and just kind of adjust some, some high level parameters in the system would all adjust as opposed to like bought buy this many shares of this. It would just put in a parameters and the bot would kind of like be trading back and forth based on the parameters. Hmm. So it was a way again of, of creating like a full force multiplier of something that already works. Yeah. So when I'm talking with Dom, I'm like, all right, I think, you know, what you're doing and given the amount of trades you've made and the amount of different conditions, the short, long side, like you clearly, there's no, this is very, very statistically significant. This is not luck. Um, and so let's, let's take what you're doing and let's, um, let's magnify it. Put a and, full multiplier on it. Let's, let's build, let me build some tools. Have you built anything yet? Yeah, I've already started. I mean, I just started like playing around like four or five days ago. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of Math Academy stuff, so I've just been 
you know, yeah. half hour here. But it's kind of thing like I got kind of a little bit of the madness. I'm sitting here like at night, you know, kind of mm-hmm. trying to do stuff. But, you know, both from the, as you and I know, from like the MVP startup world and also from the trading world, it's like, you know, I'm not going to build this big automated machine mm-hmm. learning distribute, like screw that crap. Like how can I make him more successful? Cause like he'll say, yeah, you know, like there's all these opportunities come up, but a lot of times I just can't watch the market all day. I got other stuff to do. I run 24 hours a day. If I had something to let me know when, when these certain things happen, like, you know, we got to make five or 10 times the amount of money. I'm like, I can do that. I'm like, let's, let's right. sit there and let's just talk through what you're doing. You know, let's... okay, can I put a grand in? <laughs> can I, if I just give you one grand, you know I can afford that. <laughs> just one, please. I you wouldn't let me invest in anything else. Please <laughs> let me put one into this. Uh, it depends. We'll see how the arrangement works with him. Just I, one. If there's any way to do it, I'll do it. All right. But I have you to, heard that. But I have you to, heard that, listeners. I have to. You people. I have to see how uh, how we arrange things. If we set up a proprietary trading firm or whatever. But okay. um. But yeah, I mean, it's, it would, it would, you know, those things, it's like, it's like those unchecked boxes, you know, in your life, things that you've done and you never quite won at it. You know, I did so right. many years in automated trading and I never really, I, I won. I never created something, an operation that ultimately made a lot of money. I had a lot of things that almost made money. Yeah. I built a lot of really cool software that worked really well, but I never was able to get over the hump. And now I'm like, you know, this is a really unlikely situation. You know, before I was teaming up with traders in Chicago who had made tens of millions of dollars and, you know, was they're successful and, 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 and it never worked out because, you know, they, in the end, they didn't really know how to trade that well, which is kind of <laughs> ironic. But I'm like, Dom, he's, I mean, like, I've been watching, like, I watch every, like, uh, he knows what he's doing, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't have a big ego about it. And I'm like, yeah, kid, you know what you're doing. Like, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's put some technology to work here and. Let's, you know, let's give you an Iron Man suit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So that's been, um, that's kind of exciting. I mean, but Sandy came warned me. She's like, all right, let's not forget about Math Academy because, you know, because we want to launch the Math Academy software in, in the fall. So I said, no, no, I mean, that's, that's priority number one is getting that. But I can quickly build some simple stuff that can, I think, we can at least experiment and see if this stuff actually helps him. But it'd be pretty well, cool. if you need any help with with infrastructure or any side, <laughs> you know, setting up like a server pool or anything like that, you're the guy to talk to. If you want a DevOps guy, you know. <laughs> oh, and and one of the things I want to say, uh, you know, the, the I'm actually I'm actually building everything in Node, which is funny because in trading software, you think like, oh, it's got to be like C or Java or whatever, but the crypto trading stuff isn't that fast. You know, it's just not. It's not the high frequency at that level. So Node is more than... But also, it doesn't sound like he's doing things every few seconds. No, it's not It's not ultra high frequency, right? Obviously, you can't do it manually. Yeah. I mean, you could trade in and out of stuff 100 times a day, 200 times a day if you're kind of hypermanic. I mean, but even that isn't high frequency, you know, mm-hmm. um, generally speaking. But What happens if you... I mean, given that you could potentially fully automate this based on these signals, I mean... What's to stop you just, you know, running tests and seeing what would happen if you had fully automated it so you could just see? Well, that, that's always possible, but automated, fully automated trading strategies, I don't know, it's, it's hard to get them to work and stay consistently working. Like, they, like is it human... Because stuff happens? Well, because humans, you just have so much more perspective on what's going on, so when subtle structural things happen, you can adjust. Like, oh... 
you know, this happened in the world, or this just happened, or this news happened, and so we got to take these other things into consideration, where algorithm doesn't know that. And right. so getting algorithms to work so they work in all kinds of different situations and or you know or tweak them so that they're, they're working after the market changes there's a regime sh shift it's just hard man i mean it's just hard i mean it's the kind of thing that would be worth trying at some point but that is not low-hanging fruit well what about okay okay so not fully automated but what about so your thing gives him signals and then his and then he clicks a button and when he clicks that button it then in an automated way buys for you and him based on yeah. what mm -hmm. he's kind of said yeah so it's kind of semi-automated yeah exactly it's a semi -automated. and then you know you can add new people like so it could buy for you and him and me <laughs> <laughs> tag along just a tag along <laughs> yeah yeah no that's true but yeah so <laughs> there you could um there's all different types of things you could automate. Like one thing you could do is you could, you could automate, could initiate positions, and then you could then you would manage it, or maybe he he would initiate because there might be a lot of signals where you're like you know I would I wouldn't even though the system is saying this is a good opportunity I don't think I would do it for X Y and Z reasons. Yeah. You know, um, so that's sometimes having the human filter can be useful, I and mean, it all just depends on the human, right? Because sometimes humans just screw everything up. Like the automated system would be way better. But if you have a great trader, then maybe it wouldn't be as good as a trader. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Like, I've gone back and forth and stuff for years and years and what the best thing to do is. So at this point, you know, because at, at this point, I'm just like, I'm just going to do the easiest thing that I think that's going to work and make this even more successful. Right? Like, you know, Dom seems to be a successful trader. He's consistently successful. He has a, I think he has a, some really good ideas that are working. And as even though we talked to like Jim Simons of the Renaissance Technologies, which is like the most successful hedge fund in history, is just, I don't think they've had a down year since like 87 or something like that. I mean, they just make huge money. They don't even take outside money. They only trade their own money. And they just make billions and billions of dollars. And he's on the record saying, he's like, yeah, you know, honestly, it's kind of the simple stuff that tends to work. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, in some sense, trading is like super hard and sometimes it's super easy. It just kind of depends on your perspective. It's like losing weight is really easy eat less or exercise more <laughs> you know but it's hard to do in some ways it's this kind of thing it's like you know but anyway i'm not gonna overthink things and overcomplicate things and over you know quantify quantify things it's like look you know if he says look if 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 you if i could have been notified when these things happened we could have made so much more money in all these different situations you know i'm like all right well, let's just do that Let's just do that. Let's not overthink it. And then, then we'll, we'll wait a right from there. If he's like, yeah. well, you know, if we could initiate the positions and then this, or if, or if maybe we could initiate, then I could close them out. Or if I could initiate, and they could, you know, then we'll yeah. just do it from there. I was like, let's just, there's a lot of things we could do. But let's start with the simple stuff because you get all distracted by the technology and stuff. And, you know, meanwhile, you could have just made a lot more money if you just kept it simple and just did things that you can do. You know, I mean, I've, I've seen that happen a ton, you know, because everybody loves this idea of these like machines just trading and making you tons of money. Mm -hmm. And so many really six firms that are incredibly, with tons of experienced people, with tons of capital and people with, a, with, you know, PhDs galore and they go out of business. And you're like, why couldn't they stay in a business? I mean, yeah, because in some sense it is really hard, but also doing things like that really 
the fully automated uh, firms. It's just, I don't know, that it's like that last mile. You know, <laughs> it's like that last mile makes it hard. So, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what to say. But the other thing I would say, though, is, you know, there's, you, have you heard of the efficient market hypothesis? So, in economics, the efficient market hypothesis is like one of the, you know, core, I don't know, underpinnings of finance, of modern finance, which is that the market is populated by rational actors and the market price of any financial instrument incorporates all knowledge of the instrument, both public knowledge and insider knowledge. Therefore, it accurately reflects all of that expertise and knowledge. And if it was underpriced or overpriced, the people with the knowledge would buy or sell it, and, and which would push it back into whatever its optimal, most accurate price is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So therefore, there's no such thing as an inaccurate price. You can't arbitrage it. You can't arbitrage it, and it's not, you cannot predict it, because it, it, it by definition, has the most accurate prediction of the future. That's the price of it now. Right. It's taking in yeah. all potential futures. So the idea that anybody can beat the market, that any hedge fund manager or portfolio manager or trader can beat the market it is bunk, that it's pseudoscience or charlatanism um, and, and, or, or it, it, at the very least just lucky. You know, it's just, you know, a certain number of people. Well, so then how come the Renaissance group, you know? Yeah, I mean, so obviously I think the market hypothesis is, is, is actually not a, uh, I think it's bullshit. I think, you know, I don't, I mean, I think it's an, it's an overly simplified model that it's a convenient model on which to build economic theories, but it's, it's not really true. People are not rational actors, especially when it comes to money and making buying and selling decisions in the market. And, you know, I, and I think most economists would say, well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a idealized and simple and clean, uh, theory that allows us to do other things, but they wouldn't say it's not exactly correct. But I think it's depending on the situation. I mean, some markets are probably more efficient or, you know, than others, but, um, you know, there's a, there's a, I guess it's kind of a joke. I, I, just, I don't, I can't say it quite correctly, but it, there's like a, a, you know, so you're walking along you know, the street with this, this economist and the, and the, uh, you say, hey, there's a $20 bill in the ground. And the economist's like, there couldn't, won't even look down. There couldn't be because by the efficient market hypothesis, there couldn't be a $20 bill in the ground because it would be picked <laughs> up already, right? <laughs> but yeah. one of my favorite lines is this guy named Larry Height. He was this famous trader, and he was one of the guys um, profiled in um, Jack Schwager's book, uh, Market Wizards, which was like one of the first books where they interviewed all the top traders in the world, or good, a lot of them, and asked them, how do you trade and what do you do and how do you think and stuff. And Larry Height was one of them profiled. And he said, um, he said, yeah, he's like, I've noticed something. Everyone who tries to tell me the market is efficient is poor. (laughs) 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 I I kind of think that it's like, you know, but when, when, when you're building these models and these automated trading systems and whenever you're, struggling and it's like you make money and then you lose it and you make it and at least you're like you're like damn it maybe it just is efficient maybe i'm just chasing a shimmera maybe it's not mm. maybe it's just this is stupid but but then you run into traders and they're just like consistently knocking it out under all kinds of market conditions and they're and they're trading thousands of trades and you're like okay statistically this is not possible right if it was efficient which is not 
And uh, so I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I, I just at this point I'm just like I'm not gonna overthink it. I'm not, not gonna just whatever. Like let's. Well, just... that sounds like another great project. So, um, so Ma- is there anything else about um, Math Academy that we need to know? I think. Um, I mean, other than I'm. Other than that, I'm going to. Um, oh, oh, the oh, the oh, the, the other things that were good. That's just the good news is um, the courses have been approved by the board. Oh, great! That was yeah. So that was a huge thing. So yeah. now, um, you know, next year, like I, like I mentioned earlier, they there won't be electives. They won't be pull up. That will be their math class. That's great. So that's a huge deal. Um, the other thing was that about credentialing. Do you remember we talking about that? Like, yeah, yeah, it was was Haren, the whole credentialing thing. You could even teach. You had to have like an assistant teacher or something. So the way it turns out is that he's passed a bunch of um, kind of tests to the C best to the C set. Like your, there's like a general kind of general knowledge test you have to take to be a teacher or a substitute teacher. And then there's like a subject level test like to be able to take math or you know trig or calculus or statistics or something so he took all those tests and so with that he as long as he's in a credentialing program he can get a one-year permit to teach and he is a you know teacher gets benefits and all that kind of stuff and then a year if a year goes by if he hasn't finished credential as long as he's making enough reasonable amount of progress he can get a two-year extension mm. so i'm like that's amazing that gets us where we need to go. Exactly where we need. Because now when we hire people, we can say, look, you don't have to have a credential, but you, here, we can do a credentialing program and you can start teaching right away. Will that work in every district or just the districts that you're in, the district you're in? Uh, I think that'll work in, um, in at least in California. Anywhere I mean, in California. Okay. By state, yeah. But, um, you know, I'm really not worried about any other district in California <laughs> right now. I mean, than ours, you know, I mean, I think, I think there's a, a possibility that, you know, there's some districts within the near future would, want to might implement something similar especially when you know as the, as the press starts to grow but how's uh, fundraising going are you doing anymore? we raised a hundred and little over hundred and seventy thousand last okay. year yeah we got from one one individual gave us like 121 it's a lot yeah and he's like he and his wife came to the event i don't know if you met them or not i didn't know and they were just they were the whole time and they're like this is just amazing this is just amazing he's like anything you need just let me know so they were just blown away that's awesome i mean at one point i came and i said look we're thinking about canceling this round and just converging just 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 to make things go faster he's like he and his wife were like no 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 this is great we're loving people are loving it just just <laughs> do it i'm like really they're like yeah i'm like all right you know <laughs> um and then this other um foundation it's like a it's kind of a local i think it's pasadena foundation called the francis bacon foundation they normally support caltech and the huntington they gave us they normally would give like ten thousand dollars they gave us 50 they gave us a massive grant amazing i mean it's just incredible So sandy has been helping with that stuff as well right oh yeah i mean she's I mean, I can't do all this by myself. I mean, yeah. you know, everything was solved. She's the and, COO, right? Well, she's actually, so we're ta- we're looking into now setting up the um, nonprofit. Yeah. And she'll be the executive director and I'll be the cha- chairman of the board, I guess is the way. So right, she'll actually right. kind of run it, the nonprofit. Yeah. You know, my my role isn't to like do the, you know, all the fundraising and the operational stuff. My is more about sort of the vision and the, you know, the actual curriculum and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I'm not... Where she would, yeah, she'd be more the executive director. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, That's awesome. It's very exciting. So thanks. Yeah. Whew, it's a lot. It's um, really happening. So the other 
you know, and I'm sorry to talk so much. I just um, no, no. I, I'm I'm really really glad to get this update from you. To be honest, this so, is really good. We talk about that. So there's a couple funny things as far as TV, which is really hilarious. <laughs> so I was contacted about two three weeks ago by this lady. She was the um, she was a director of Colby's football league. I don't know the football program. They have like the Pasadena Trojans, which they mm-hmm. have like all from little kids all the way up. And so she's the director of that whole thing. And she texted me and she's like, Hey, she's like, you know, I'm actually a uh, casting agent and I'm casting for this new show on NBC called genius junior. that Neil Patrick Harris is going to be, um, hosting, you know, Neil Patrick Harris is, you know, yeah. I, how I met your mother, that guy. Yeah. And she's like, what we're going to do is we're going to have these these really smart kids from around the country are going to compete in a series of rounds. I think, I think they're the format. They're thinking teams of three, like 10 teams of three. And they have all these different every week. It's like a different series of like mental IQ kind of challenges. And she's like, um, she's like, you know, I know Colby's really smart. Do you think he'd be interested? And I was like, this is like a week before the AP test. And I'm just like, Oh God, you know, (laughs) and I test, I asked Colby about it. And he's like, he's like, I'm like, I was like, you know, there's going to be some rounds of like, you know, like they're going to like tryouts kind of thing. You know, they're going to come in, they're going to give you like interview and test you on stuff. And, you know, do you want to do this? Cause you know, we're preparing for the AP and I know you're kind of, he's like, Hey, I want to do it. I'm like, of course. All right. And I, and Sandy's like, this is so stupid. Like, <laughs> why are you doing this? And I was like, well, I don't know. He wants to do it. And I was like, you know, he may not even make it past the first phone, you know, um, phone, what do they call it? A, like a phone interview? Phone like screen? Scott. Kind of phone screen? Oh, yeah. Okay, right. And so, uh, Sandy, it, I wasn't there, but so apparently they, it was like a 15-minute call and they have, he has to do some hard mental math and then he has to spell some of these words backwards and he has to do some logic problems, you know, solve some logic puzzles and then uh, I don't know, something else or whatever. And so apparently he did really well on that. Of course. I'm like, okay, great. And then um, then they're like, okay, the next one, he's gonna, we're going to send him a packet, and he's going to have three days to prepare. And, um, you know, meanwhile, I mean, it was like days before the AP, att- AP test. <laughs> I mean, I, we, he is totally burnt out. I am totally burnt out. We have no time. And so I'm like, all right, Colby, we got like half hour tonight, 45 minutes. It was... He had to, so the packet was, and, and, they, and they actually sent it to us like a day and a half late. Or I didn't even see it because we had this other thing going on. And so we had like a day and a half. And I'm like, one of it was, I had to memorize 52 cards in random order. And just be able to say, King of Hearts, Jack of Spades, two of them, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. In order. Without making, you know, ideally without making mistakes. They had to, he had a list of like 30 really pretty complex words they had to, to spell backwards. Yeah. So it's spell hieroglyph backwards. Go, you know it's hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then um, especially when you're being interviewed and stuff. And then it was like a bunch of mental math again, and then some logic puzzles. And so we didn't touch. I didn't touch the mental math or logic puzzles because I'm like, all right, he's naturally good at those things. So, and I don't know how much practice would help. But I was like, okay, so we got to memorize this stuff. So I'm sitting there with him. I'm like, all right, row two, row three. <laughs> he memorized it pretty much in about an hour. Oh, I mean, we, we spent the next couple of days kind of going over it again, but he, he, he pretty much nailed it 
in less than that's an hour, awesome. which was pretty good. That's I was like, good. that's pretty good, you know. And then then he was doing the words, and he was I was funny because he was we we did a little bit of them, and then I mean, we were practicing it one night when we went to uh, out to dinner, and we're sitting there, and and I had I said, all right, well, we're waiting for a dinner meal. We'll just do the words because you know we didn't have any time. And so I'm sitting there, and he's like spelling his words backwards, backwards, and saying, "He's like, that's pretty good." <laughs> like it was pretty impressive because I don't know, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, I mean, it takes a certain mental agility to do that. So I don't know. But then he went, and so he did the he did the interview, and I was sitting where you are while he's doing it, and he did the words, he did the cards perfectly. Boom. He actually screwed up like three of like nine of the words they ask, and I was like, oh, because he was doing them perfectly. I was mm. just like, he just got nervous or something and he blew through he did a great job on the mental math but then he missed the logic puzzle and i was like because we didn't look at those at all and it probably would have helped had we done those so he but surely they don't they don't care if someone's 100 percent. they just want someone who's just smart well they did i mean you know i mean i don't know i mean they just compared to other kids because the lesson was hard so a lot of these kids are just not going to be able to do it you know and i think he really did well in the mental math and his memorization was so, really strong, so what so. happened did he get in so then he made it past that round Okay. I, wow. I was like, oh, well, because when he screwed up with those three of those words, I was like, right, we're out, you know, because <laughs> they're doing the whole nation. I mean, yeah. I see stuff all over the line, all the math circles and, and all of the like gate programs are all being wow. solicited to, to, to try out for this. So this isn't like just a random thing and they're just, they're pulling from everywhere. So I'm like, there's a lot of smart kids in this country. And so I'm just like, well, you got to be like perfect to make it. <laughs> but I guess he did well enough, so he made it past that round. And then there was a third round interview where he had to like talk about himself and stuff. And I'm not so Sandy was listening, and she's like, I don't know, because he he was kind of talking in circles and not really answering the question quite, you know. Because some of these really gifted kids, they're very articulate. Yeah, you know. And so I don't know, but. Um, so we'll see. I'm waiting to hear back. I'll wait and hear back from that but, round. But this is the thing. The one thing that we talked about, the so the fact that Colby is an athlete and the, the stories about how, and actually we had a little, they actually had to make a little video. So I went and shot Colby doing a couple of these, explaining a couple of these things just because they asked for incident. Was um, he, you know, I, I talked about how he designed this playbook of like 24 defensive plays for his team. Yeah. Which was like, really cool and really surprising and kind of funny. And then he went and designed his own 3D, he used a 3D design software, created his own helmet, <laughs> and he created his own shoulder pads. And I was like, you know, because like I told him, I said, look, here's the thing with a show like this, like, they can't have a bunch of nerd, just everyone's pure nerdy guys who just play chess, the violin, and do spelling bees, right? That's boring. But that's sort of the stereotype of like your nerdy kids, and they're good at math. <clears throat> you know, they, they want some diversity. They want some surprising, interesting stories. The fact that you're a middle linebacker who likes to hit people and you design plays for your team, like <laughs> you're kind of a little outside the box, right? Yeah. Right. So it's like, let's emphasize that. I mean, we could talk about Kerbal Space Program and calculus and physics, but that's not different enough. You know, we cover the whole country. There's, there, everybody likes robotics and physics and stuff, but they're probably not captain of the defense and middle play middle linebacker for a tackle mm -hmm. team. So that's your hook. That's you your know, hook. Either they're that's... going to be interested in that hook or not. I think that'll put you in the right, assuming that they think you have. But this is assuming he gets past the third round. Yeah. So, so he'll actually be meeting them in person then. Well, so I don't know if he made it through past the, the third round. The, the, and, you know, he may not have been. So 
you know, at the end of the day, they, they, he, he passed the, is the kid smart enough? He passed that. Yeah. The question is, is he going to present well enough on stage when Neil Patrick Harris asks him a question? Is he going to answer it succinctly and cleanly and, you know, make it an interesting thing? Or is he going to be kind of babbling incoherently and they're just going to be like, okay, like, <laughs> right? So you want kids that can, can, can speak well, you know? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you, like I said, they want the sort of, they want interesting stories. Who is this kid? Like, why do we care about this kid? And you need, you need kids that the audience can, can kind of relate to in some way or care about. And, uh, and that's just kind of like casting with any movie or TV show. It's not like who's the best actor. It's like, you're the kind of person they need for this role. You're just, you just happen to be the kind of actor. You're a good enough actor, but you're actually the person we need. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was really. That's awesome. And then you and I <laughs> get an email from a production company. <laughs> you do it. You tell. I've been talking this whole time. Oh, no, it's fine. I mean, they like, they're looking for, they're basically looking for someone to present. They're, they're, they're saying, hey, Justin, Jason, we like what you do. And we're wondering, would you be interested in presenting a TV show that we're putting on, which is basically a cross between technology and crime? You know, we're looking for someone to present this technology crime show. <laughs> I, was, I was like, okay, you know, so I was like, what are the chances they get emailed out of the blue to host a TV show? I that thought is that was very really, interesting. That was Lux Service Area, right? Doing yeah. the show. <laughs> so, I mean, for, for me, I, was, I just thought to myself, I just thought, okay, I have got so much going on in my life right now. There's pretty much zero chance I get it. Like, I just, I'm not going to think about following this up. Well, I think it's also it's 25 to 45, which we're both north of. So. Yeah, we're both out of it, right? But, you know, that mightn't be a, such a big deal. I mean, that, you know, they may have some wiggle room. Yeah, yeah, it. they're just trying to work someone who doesn't, they don't want to. But I, I thought that Phil should have gone for it because Phil is 45, you know? Well, yeah, he's kind of like, he's like, you know, trimmed himself up. He's all, he's, He's kind of at his peak. He's mm-hmm. peak Phil. Like, and he's an actor, you know? Like, he should have gone for it. I don't know why he didn't care about it. But anyway, anyway, it turns out you you replied to them and said, hey, you know, hit me up for a call. Yeah, I see. You know, it's always worth <laughs> a phone call. Like, what the heck? Hit you me know? up for a call. Let's see, let's see what happens. I mean, you know, I don't know anything about crime. Uh, I have no experience on with TV. Um, <laughs> I'm actually 46. <laughs> <laughs> did, but, they, did they call back? No, I haven't heard anything back. Okay. I mean, I emailed them whatever it was a day or two ago, whenever, and I just said, "Yeah, I'd be happy to talk," but I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, um, well, in addition to a couple, of, I got you know, I'm going to be interviewed. I think for a local one of the KNBC or ABC is going to email. He wants to do a story on Math Academy, so that's going to need. That's great. Yeah. But on top of all this, I just think of the kind of the random things in my life. So Sandy's like, "Hey, we're going to go to have dinner with." Um, Jane um, Kaczmarek on Sunday night. So we had, we had actually run into her at this, at the robotics competition. Cause she's a, Jane Kaczmarek is on the board with Sandy, the PF board. Well, she was the mother and Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you know who I'm talking about. I do about, know. Right? Yeah. So yeah. it was just so funny. So we were at her Sunday night. We were at her house with a few other people having dinner. Nice. And I'm just thinking, how random is this? <laughs> You know what I mean? And I guess actually, strangely enough, we're going to be having, uh, so we have some other mutual friends and we're all going to be, and so Jane and Tom and St. Head and I, we're going to have brunch on Sunday. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I guess we're hanging out with TV stars now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, okay. It's just, you know, that's why I'm like, 
you were talking about the show and I was like, you know, the chances are slim, but my life is so random. I can never count anything out, you know? Talking about the show. Oh, that TV show? Yeah, just anything. It's just... We're, by know. the way, we're also coming up close to the explosive growth of texting. I'm excited for this. Remember, I've always told you that 10 years is the mark. When we hit 10 years, then we are going to go through the roof. Believe me. <laughs> We're going to get big numbers mm, well, for our hey, texting list. From your lips to God's ears, is that what they say? Well, it's just like once you hang around for long enough, that's the same thing that Somebody happens in the music industry. It's just like it, once you hang around for long enough, it's just, it's inevitable. They're like, you guys have been sitting on the bench for so long. Somebody <laughs> sub those guys in. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Well, maybe we do. I, I'd like to do some more shows this summer. Sure. You know, you I want to wrap up the schedule? Maybe ramp up the schedule. We'll have more time. I'd I'd like to. I mean, like there was so much Elon Musk stuff we could have talked about. You know, oh my god, just, he's just. Oh my god, like the bo- the boring company, the neural that, neural link, the solar roof. But just the just I mean, the just, the boring company, just the story about that, like the way that he the you know the way that he his math driven mind to think to himself, okay. You know, normal boring machines are like this wide, so we'll make boring machines that you know half that size, and you know, because that means we're like we're only it's only going to be a fifth of the surface area, which means we can bring the cost down by you know ten x. And just the way that he thinks about it is incredible. Just yeah, to, it just thinks very you know, a lot of like analytically, but also common sense. Yeah, yeah, he's no he's problem a, is too big. Like he just no problem is too big. I mean, who who would be sitting in traffic and think? You know what I want to do? I want to build a tunnel on the Los Angeles to get to work. Who would think that? That's yeah. absolutely fucking crazy. Yeah, he's. I wouldn't bet against him though. You know, I mean, he's just. I mean, I, I find him very inspiring because I just he very, keeps going yes. up these very cool things, and you know, even if everything doesn't work out perfectly, it's still incredible. I mean, it's incredible what SpaceX is doing, incredible what Tesla's doing. I mean, it's just. You know, I don't know, the gigafactories. I mean, you just like going on all the list of stuff oh, he's doing. Oh, the other optimization of it is make it smaller. As it's drilling through, the, the earth that it drills, use major compressors to create the bricks that you use then behind you to support the tunnel. Because like half the money is basically supporting the tunnel. Right. You know? So it's just like all these different things that just make it... and and and. It's incredible to me that people didn't think about this stuff before. Maybe it wasn't possible or something. I don't know. It's like, why, like, why did they ever try and land a rocket vertically before? Yeah. We've had rockets since the '60s, right? Yeah, I mean, big rockets. Why did they never try and do stuff? They just like thought that? it wasn't possible. But it was because I mean, that literally is math. I mean, that is only could be possible because of computers and math. Yeah, I think you know part of the thing is that it's his money. It's one thing if it's like it's a government and then it's like, you know, you, you have other things that you're optimizing other than efficiency, maybe. You know, they just, they want a bigger budget. They get, oh, we need more, we need more budget. And they just go to bigger budget. I mean, that's why like governments are not very efficient, right? You know, whereas he's like, I saw this interview with him and he's like, yeah, you know, it's like, because they were asking about like, you know, landing rockets vertically. Well, why did you do it? And he's like, well, you know, I told my team, it's like, look, you know, it's like a crate of you know, a pallet of $35 million come falling out of the sky when you try and like maybe capture it before it burns <laughs> up. You know, yeah, yeah. So 35 million, that's a lot of money. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, 
so part of it, and then it's his money, so he can, it's not just like corporations' money, so he can be a little more, you know, when he was investing in these things from the start, he can be more respectful. Say, look, I believe in this, I'm putting my money behind it. Where most, you know, like a, a corporation be like, well, this is too risky for our shareholders mm. and whatever. So I don't know, but he has the vision, he has the quantitative analytical abilities to actually do quick calculations to say, look, is this actually possible? You know, he can, you know, when he actually possesses, the ability to do the engineering and physics calculations himself, he could call bullshit on everybody else. He's like, well, this is too hard. It's like, no, you're wrong. Go back. You know, it's just like, you know, just like when you had Steve Jobs as the, you know, as the CEO, it's like he forced the designers and the, the you know, and the other product designers of a kind to, to, to go much higher level because he had, he's like, I know this is possible. This can be better. You're going to make this better. This is not good enough. And they're like, oh, gee, you know. And, and, select, and I think he's kind of a similar way, but from work technology yeah. thing, he has that, you know, he's not just like a business guy in a suit and, oh, the engineers tell me it would be too expensive or too hard. Well, did you read the Elon Musk biography? I never did. There's, the, the, there's one story that just typifies that. It's where, he says he says to a guy he says look this this piece of equipment i think we can like build it for 5 grand you know it costs it's cost no he says i think we can build it for 20 grand mm -hmm. you know it currently costs like 250 in you know in nasa the way that they're doing it he says i don't want you to do that so the guy goes away and he's he, he he's like i can't i'm having troubles doing it you know i can get it down to like 50 or something like that so then musk goes all right, I'm, I'm going to do it. So he goes away and does it and he comes back and he's like, okay, I did it. And it's like five, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, he just forces it to happen. Yeah. I mean, I, he's, he's, yeah, it's incredible. So it's like, I don't know. I, I he, he's, he's, he's inspirational in that way. You know, I think he's always somebody to look at and go like, you know, if he's doing that, then whatever I'm trying to fight against her is, is nothing. Right. It's, 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 it's nothing to overcome these problems. You know, and I, that's, it's, it's, it's amazing. So, well, anyway, what, how, how long have we been on doing this for? Uh, I think we should wrap it up. Uh, we're just, just uh, two hours at this stage recording time. Is there anything you wanted to update You know on? what? I mean, like, there's nothing, like, majorly crazy going on. Um, I'll just get, I'll just, I mean, my health is, I suppose one thing that's really good is that um, with the diabetes thing. Yeah. Um, so my numbers were going crazy. They were like, you know, in the 500s. Good grief. And it like... This is that, your glucose that's, level? That's my, that's my general glucose level. And, and that's like, you know, a short path to death, you know? Yeah. Um, so I really decided, okay, look, I want to, to do this. Um, I got I to gotta solve this out. And I think the way that I can fix... Uh, I, I, the doctor gave me insulin, right? I started taking the insulin and it wasn't making any difference. Really? So were you taking enough of it or well I, he didn't want to do too much because he didn't want me to get you know to go into like glycemic shock you know where you where you got your blood sugar's too low and you you kind of pass out so we we were starting low but you know the dose was upped over a week and it it was having no effect and so I was a bit depressed and stressed and um actually pretty stressed about it at that time and then I just decided okay look these 500 readings I cannot keep going on with this so I, you know, plant-based stuff is always something I've been interested in, you know, so I, I just basically did a search to learn how to become a, a chef, like to learn how to make stuff that's just, mm -hmm. you know, vegan, 
because I, th- right. I, th- I think that, that can help me. There's a lot of studies, you know, that show that. So I found one and I went to his site and I was looking through his blog and there, there was an interview with someone else who specifically was vegan, but also was um, diabetic type one, you know, had diabetes type one um, and had a PhD um, in, you know, insulin resistance and had a program that said, look, you know, it's called Mastering Diabetes. We'll teach you how to do it. So I went on this program and I started eating the way specifically that they, that they you know, talk about. And it was just incredible. Like within a week, my blood sugar was down from 500 to 150. What's normal? Which is, well, like when you're between one third, like when you're around the 130s, you're, you're what they call pre-diabetic. So you're, so down to, you're kind of just above I'm, pre-diabetic. I'm like, right now my 14-day average is 160. So I'm, I'm like getting, and I'm regularly getting measurements of like 130, 120. So do you take a? Do you need to take a little bit of, you know, some additional medicine? Yeah, to get it I'm, I'm down taking to like two two thousand milligrams of metformin. But if if it keeps on going this way, I'll probably be able to go off all meds, and I'll probably lose a decent amount of weight. How much how, have you lost any weight? Yeah, um, I guess about six pounds at this stage. How long has it been? It was three and a half, four weeks. Now, are you have a calorie restriction or is it just food? No calorie restriction. It's just food. It's very specific. That makes it much easier than what you've done in the past, isn't it? it yeah. What, what's also very strange about it is the 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 knowledge that that they're espousing is just the exact opposite of what you hear everywhere else. Huh. So it's very strange because, and 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 the guy, Doctor Cyrus himself, says it's kind of weird that. There's so many trials and studies that show that this is actually what's going on, but the general consensus is something completely different. So everyone thinks that diabetes is a sugar problem, when in fact it's a fat problem. So what happens is fat, you know, as I understand it from, from doing this course, basically fat particulates in your body, everyone has a different threshold of how tolerant they are, yeah. of a lot of fat being in their muscles right. and fat being flowed around their bloodstream. And... Um, so if you, if you kind of, have, I guess, have the gene to have less tolerance, then what happens is you've got fat particulates floating around your bloodstream, fat in your muscles, and it gums up the, the lock of the insulin. So insulin basically you know, stores um, glucose, glycogen into your muscles. Well, that doesn't work for some people with the low tolerance. So really, all this, all this is, is it's completely removing meat, completely removing fat, and just having plants. So what do you, what do you typically eat on a day? So, so, so the crazy thing is like in, in the morning, I'll have like a, a huge bowl of fruit, which sounds crazy, right? Like if you consider that diabetes is supposed to be about too much sugar. Yeah. So I'll have like a handful of grapes, like a handful of strawberries, a handful of blueberries. Um, and that will be this huge bowl of fruit. And like crazily, like obviously, obviously the first few times I do that, then it sends the blood crazy, you know, going really high. But after a week, with no fat coming into the system, it just allow it just allows the system to start storing the sugar. Basically, you get insulin sensitivity. So, so that's my that's my breakfast. My lunch is basically like a big plate of um, brown rice um, with you know I don't know chickpeas or like some kind of chickpea sauce or you know some kind of curry thing with some vegetables. How do you feel? Do you feel hungry or you feel satisfied? Very satisfied. And then and then dinner is basically a large salad. Like a large does salad with Georgie, good dressing. Does she eat what you're eating or not? Yeah, she's just moved on to it, yeah. That's great. Yeah. 
That's great. So, this seems much more um, sustainable than some of the stuff you've done in the past. Well, the reason why it's so sustainable is because, ironically, it's all about having a lot of carbs. That's the really weird thing. So you can just go eat a bunch of bananas and apples and yeah, that's I, like I always have like two or three bananas every morning. You know. Yeah, and I'd read recently that. Or was this? They're talking about how, like, if you just drink fruit juice by itself, it's just like a Coke. In effect, it's That's just high sugar. But, yeah. but when you eat it with, as a in its as a, in its regular form with the fiber, like something eating it with the fiber prevents that from happening. Fiber's the magic. So that's something you know. So the, so the, this this thing that I'm on, mastering diabetes. Obviously, it's a course, and they've um they've laid it all out. It's they serve the course through Teachable.com, and uh, you know fiber is one of the magic things so if you for example have issues with blood sugar and you eat a salad with a meal it's going to make a huge difference you know um it just stops your blood sugar from spiking simple as that that's um that's awesome (laughs) anyway so uh, long story short this this looks like something i mean so even right now i found the minimum effective dose already you know so if i just stick with this at least i'm not going to you know, I'll probably add it another 10 years to my life. Oh, that's great. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about, I, you know, I lost about 13 pounds mm. doing my typical sort of diet. And I've, I had to go off for like a few weeks because that was all the craziness. So I'm, I'm I think I might just kind of go and kind of, I'm kind of sort of like a not totally serious mode until after we get back from vacation. I just think I'm and then I'll and I'll get on it again. But I'm th- kind of thinking of I might try like eating more fruits, even though that is against like the whole like keep. It doesn't matter how much fat you have; it's just a matter of like you can't have as much sugar. But I want to experiment with eating fruit, like you should bananas try, and um, apples, because I love bananas and apples. You and, should try low fat. I mean, um, there's this there's this book that they pointed to me to, which was like a number one New York Times bestseller uh, called How How Not to Die. And basically, it, it goes through every disease. It's like, you know, how not to die of heart disease, how not to die of diabetes, how not to die of this. And the guy um, who, do, who does this, he's got a website called nutritionfacts.org. And he's this, like, just very, very smart guy who's, who's gone through every single study and just deeply goes through the studies and shows you why, you know, ultimately, it ends up at a plant-based diet every time, every time. Like it's like 25% more efficient to be on a plant-based diet than to have any meat in your yeah. diet. And the chance of me doing this is exactly zero. But no, of course. <laughs> There's no but, way I could be vegan. No, no, but... I, could, but, but, I just couldn't do but the it. Point but I, the point I was going to make was, was it's not just, you know, every. It, it's kind of like this every step of the way. So if, if you just do a lot of meat, then you've got a very high chance of disease in a lot of different levels. If you start adding vegetables, you get less. If you start adding more vegetables, you get less. If you start going off meat, you go less. So what I was just going to say is just add a, add a bunch of vegetables. You don't have to go off meat, but just add a whole bunch of vegetables. I actually eat, well, I eat a fair amount for dinner. Sandy makes a lot of vegetables for dinner. I don't really like vegetables mostly. Like, I mean, in certain contexts, I'll eat it, but I don't like like a plate of well, broccoli fruit or something. Well. I, I like fruit a lot, but I, I don't mean, like, like broccoli and cauliflower. Like, I choke it down. Well, dude, we should... Uh, we should cut this thing. It's getting on as a long, one long show. Um, yeah, sure. But uh, yeah, I gotta. Speaking of food, I gotta get some dinner. All right. All right. That's a wrap. Yeah.